BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, what is up, Gypsy Gang? We are back for the Gypsy Tales podcast. A very special edition from Marvel Stadium, actually high above Marvel Stadium. Uh, if you're hearing this intro, you're listening on iTunes. Uh, and the guys from AME uh, have got us up into the broadcast booth looking down over the track um, and it's shaping up to be an amazing night of racing tomorrow night here at Marvel Stadium. I uh, just wanted to say a big thanks to everybody for listening. Just got to give a quick shout out to our presenting partners of this podcast. First of all, the legends at Boost Mobile. You can head to boost.com au for any of your cellular device needs you can buy phones through those guys you can get on board the best prepaid packages in australia with the best coverage at boostmobile.com.au second of all got to shout out the legends at nobby underwear uh, first cab off the ranks for the podcast is nobby athlete uh, and product designer chad reed he's just released uh well i think they're just about to release the uh the 22 pro which is going to be a uh like it's like a i rode with it in new zealand it's fucking awesome to be honest um so it's basically like their long leg um, that they run for if you've got a Nobby subscription and it's just like a three quarter length. So it goes down over your knee braces. So you don't need to wear knee brace socks. Uh, you can just wear the two, two pros, uh, and it sort of eliminates that, that whole need super comfortable. And then all of the, uh, just the epic technology, uh, that Nobby have in them, uh, in all of their products. Uh, you can head to nobby.com uh, and you'll be able to check out that 2.2 Pro soon. I'll post some more details about it. Um, but yeah, they are they're definitely amazing and that is in my gear bag going forth. Uh, also going to give a shout out to the guys at Rival Inc. Design Co. You can head to www.rivalincdesignco.com. It is that time of the year. Uh, with new bikes coming out, you're going to need new graphics and why not support the Gypsy Gang uh, and the boys at Rival. Uh, also have to give a shout out to the guys at Cricks Tweed. Uh, they are a really, really great car dealership uh, in Tweed and New South Wales. Um, they are coming on board this show. We've got a bit like more sort of announcements of that coming up soon. Um, but they actually gave us one of their Renault traffic vans um, to drive down here and it made the drive down just so much easier. Um, so yeah, massive shout out to Kyle and the team at Cricks. Uh, you can look them up online uh, and just let them know that we sent you there. They'll be chuffed. Um, lastly, but certainly not least, we have to give a shout out to the guys at MX Store. You can head to mxstore.com.au and you can buy basically anything aftermarket for your dirt bike, uh, riding gear, casual clothes. You need 
bike racks, you need bike stands, literally anything. The guys at MX Store have it. They have it at the best prices in Australia. Uh, and they do some insane uh, shipping when it comes to, to speed and reliability. So massive shout out to the guys at MX Store. They have been a huge part uh, in this podcast this year. Um, and that is no different this weekend here at Marvel Stadium. On today's show, we have heavy hitters. We've got uh, Tom Jernay and Jason Anderson of Team Fried. We're joined by Chad Reed and Ricky Carmichael. Then we are finally joined by Joey Savacci and the phenom himself, Jet Lawrence, uh, as he is about to make his pro debut. So a really cool show planned for today. Uh, Had so much fun hanging out with the boys, and I wish I had more time with all of them. Um, But that's the way it goes at these events. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Yeah, and just like that, we're here with the Team Fried Boys. Let's go! <laughs> right now, I'm pumped. The boys are hooking into a little bit of Nando's, getting comfy. That's what I like to see, boys. How are we? We're good. We've been, we've been busy, so we're trying to like get food and, and get everything going. So uh, we've been ran ragged all day and trying to get some food in. So we're eating some Nando's here you know, on the podcast, Gypsy Tales. Yeah, honestly, this probably would have went... A lot worse if we didn't have food. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I get these days. <laughs> these days do definitely get gnarly. Um, it's uh, we wanted to do this like on the Saturday like last year. Yeah. But it's like it's just no chance, man. It's like, so much work. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Australia, you're back. This has uh, been a place that seems like it is on your to do list, and now because. Uh, I feel like Team Fried was kind of like just kicking off last year. Like OzX Open last year, there was like maybe a, you guys are only a few videos in. Mm-hmm. So like this year to come back, well, Team Fried is like in full force. We didn't start our first Team Fried video until first round of outdoors this year. Yeah, right. So we're only like May. Um, so it was like early, early days. Yeah, team Fried. On, yeah. Like honestly, it wasn't like really a thing. Tom was just like filming and filming me and 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 doing some other little YouTube uh, projects. And uh, then we started Team Fried and in May. And honestly, we weren't even expecting it to be anything big. We just we just thought like if we put content out there that like between us like the stuff we yes. do during yeah. the week would be would be kind of cool and and especially because tom was going to go with me to the races every weekend because he does stuff for for rockstar for, uh, and Husqvarna. Team, yeah. Yeah. yeah so um it just kind of worked out and then somehow the fans kind of took onto it and now it's like a full-blown deal but you know we're, we're not gonna we're gonna try and keep it og and we're not uh tom tom's been stressed lately he says people think we're sellouts doing merch and stuff <laughs> oh really is that no, a thing but is that just like youtube shit though no, because i well, feel like that's like a that's like a youtube thing to like go down that like that's not well yeah i mean we got to pay our flights to the races and yeah, stuff 100%. like that yeah so. no we, uh, he's just saying that because uh our, our recent vlog we just uh, uh, finally announced that we have merchandise dropping after this weekend yeah and uh somebody was just like oh we we hope uh like I forget exactly, but it was like, oh, you're selling merchandise. Hope you don't, you guys keep it real still. You know yeah. what I mean? But, like, honestly, it's just more so, like, we want to make cool clothes, too, to be honest. Like, I think it's sick. Like, it's it'd be cool to have some people just randomly in the streets just see a Team Fried yeah. shirt or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and, and on top of that, yeah, it really does help us go into the races. I mean, like... You know, right now for me to get to the races, it's through contract work and stuff. But you know, maybe hopefully one day, yeah, Team Fry could be like the full gig. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going out there and like, 
They're like, everybody knows who I'm there for. Like, they're like just team fried. That's it, you know? Yeah. But we'll, we'll see, obviously. It's crazy like this. You know what's gnarly, dude? Wait, pull your mic like across this way so you can like, yeah, you can, yeah, like angle. Like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, because then you can like, yeah. yeah, have the angle. What's crazy, dude, is remember when we did this thing last year and you were with Dino? Yeah. And you were saying like, Dino could be like a YouTube dude. And then you were like, I don't think I'm into that. But obviously, like, your wheels were turning about, like, what could be possible in yeah. Moto in, like, the whole YouTube space. Yeah. But how did it go from, like, you were sort of almost trying to convince Dean in a way to do it to, like, and you didn't think you would do it. But now this is, like, it's like a full cultural thing, man. Yeah. So, honestly, I think Dean has all the opportunity in the world. Obviously, he's funny as hell. And then he's also got everything going on. You know, he had like the whole Earl thing drop in that time of year last year. And honestly, he's still probably going to be yeah. like huge in the YouTube game, which I think it's like really funny. And then for me, like, I don't feel like I feel like my personality and stuff is is different than him. He's not, I'm not like yeah. as out there and you, stuff you like need that. Tom, almost, you know, what yeah, I mean? like, like you need I'm like, like sometimes different. like if I have a video guy or anything, I'm not the type of guy who's going to pull my phone out and be videoing yeah. myself like, yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to my YouTube channel. Yeah. Like I'm not that's that would come over as a uh, for personality. It'd be yeah. forced. Yeah. yeah. So luckily me and Tom have hung out. You know, he's been my buddy for friend years, for man. years. Yeah. yeah. So uh, buddy, 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 friend, your friends, your friends. Hey. It's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> so me and Tom are together. I mean, most we've been apart this year is like probably a week. Yeah. You know, like Erzberg or something. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's almost entering like de facto yeah. territory. And, mm. and honestly, Tom is so good with the camera, so good at his job and stuff like that. And himself is funny as hell as well. You know, so like our whole little deal and, and I don't think people really understand like the, our travels and stuff. Our travels are, are pretty, crazy, yeah. they're crazy, but I feel like a lot of people are way more like domesticated and, and like have their, their stuff in line yeah. and, and our travels for the past five plus years, I haven't had like, like family, no kids, no wife, yeah, no nothing. Girlfriend. So like, so we just kind of wing it. Yeah. Like we showed up to Europe. We didn't even have a car for two weeks. <laughs> we rode bicycles and rode the train and stuff like that. So like that type of stuff, I think it needed to be out there. Cause I feel like people would think it's funny, appreciate yeah. it. And, and at the same time, we just have passion for, for riding dirt bikes. And luckily Tom is able to be able to film it and edit it and I guess, you know, somehow I kind of became part of the YouTube world, yeah. you know? Well, the crazy thing too is that, because I've known you for a long time yeah. and you've never changed. Like what you do now is like, you've always been the same way yeah. that you are. Like you're the most cruisy dude. I yeah. remember the, uh, one time we went to your house in Florida when you first moved there mm -hmm. and you'd, you'd been there like four or five months and you still had a cardboard box as your like TV dresser. <laughs> and it's like, people think, I, th I think sometimes some of like the negative shit that comes with doing what you guys are doing or what yeah. Dean's doing or what Jats does with like his Jats mix and yeah. stuff is like, people think that just because you're like documenting it and putting it on YouTube, like you've changed and that's what you're doing now. Like we're playing a role. Yeah, and so yeah. anytime like you have a bad race or you like get an injury, people look to that, but it's like, Dude, all the stuff we're filming mm -hmm. is like, it's the same stuff we've been doing. We're it's just, just putting we, it out there. We didn't put it out there before. That's the thing is I think people uh, put us at such a high, like up here, yeah. you know? And they think like, I don't know, we're just humans. We're just the same as everyone else. We're just trying to go along and figure it all out. But yeah. for me, yeah, like you said, like I, a lot of people know me and that are close to me. They know I'm kind of like 
cheap and stuff like that. <laughs> and I don't really need much to get by, you know, my, my life's pretty simple for the most part. So, uh, yeah, like that type of stuff is, is honestly been me forever. Yeah. But yeah. people think because it's on YouTube yeah. all of a sudden, it's mm -hmm. like that that's like this new thing you can do. And yeah. like, even with you, dude, like I couldn't even remember the first time I met you, like back in verb days. Yeah. And it's like, you yeah, were verb. like young running yeah. around with the camera and I think then people think the same thing, like, yeah. oh, Deb, like, Tom just got put on by, like, Ando. It's like, bro, he's been there for, like, no, a he's really been in the game, long yeah. ass time. Yeah. But it's, like, it's not until... It's similar, I think, with, like, the podcast, too. Because mm -hmm. it's, like, for two years, people will see you, but it's, like, well, for the last ten, yeah. like, it's been this same yeah. shit. We just weren't actually yeah. putting it out. I feel like it's a lot, like, with, I don't know, like, with just a bunch of, like, brands and stuff like that, once they finally get famous, everyone's, like... You know what up with this, but they everyone's worked for, yeah. for where they are now. You know what I mean? So yeah, there's like so much more behind it. Yeah. Than what people think. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it's cool with you too because like you've always when you're an amateur you were like the Vulcan kid and then now you've just did like the Alpine Stars Deus thing and then the Team Fried merch like yeah you've always been like a dude that you never really wore the same clothes you never really like you've always been a pretty unique dude in yeah. moto yeah. It I feel like moto is it's hard to break into that category and be successful yeah. because it's almost like I feel like all the corporations and stuff they want like a blueprint you know yeah. what I'm saying yeah. yeah and for me I've never been able to be that you know and luckily I have my team because honestly with uh, you know people kind of controlling what I do and stuff like that I don't do very well like yeah. that and it's just it's just who I am and as a some person. Some guys like that because Kenny's yeah. like that too. Yeah, and, and and for me too, like I feel like the clothes I wear and and everything like that. I feel like like that's just me. But I feel like moto and stuff like that. They have such a, a blueprint to where you wear your pit shirt, you yeah. wear your hat. And not that I don't wear it, but like I I feel like some of the other cultures that can be involved yeah. in it. I think you could just what everyone says help the sport grow but i don't really know if i necessarily want it to like grow i just want it to be badass yeah you know like yeah I, like and if it grows it grows if it grows it grows if it doesn't it's a sick world that we live in and it's 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 fucking bad or it's badass you know and that's what i want it to to be yeah. you know and I think, uh, you know, I think sometimes when these guys are all manicured and, and stuff yeah. like that, it's like at the end of the day, you're a dirt biker. You Like if you walked down the street and you saw them, you would never think they raced dirt bikes. Yeah. You know, like I feel like they just look so proper and stuff like that. But at the same time, the blueprint and stuff like that, I haven't really been that style. And I feel like for some people to take me serious, it's taken a while, yeah. you know? And right now- And winning the championship. Yeah. Like, like that's- that's really and, and right now like I've noticed it over the past you know months or whatever that I still do whatever I want I put out this stuff and it's not the blueprint that the corporation set out to to for the writers to have or whatever but I, I feel like I've gained a lot of their trust mm. and and respect on some of the top guys you know like that that we that write the checks and everything yeah. like that, I feel like they, they kind of trust me now, you yeah. know? And that's kind of a cool feeling, but also you have to put in the results. Yeah. You know, so that's that. Well, like you sold out the dais gear. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Like that shit helps. Yeah, exactly. Well, on top of that, I feel like, um, if I may, I don't know, but like. Yeah, you can. It's a podcast. Um, <laughs> like we obviously, like, I, I don't know if everybody does, but I'm sure there's some people that see the vlogs and they're like, man, Jason's not taking it serious. Yeah. Like, he, like, 
next year, like, you know, who knows? There's one race that won't go too well, and then they're going to be like, you should have taken it more seriously than this T. Fry. But, like, I'm not just, I mean, like, he still does his program, you know yeah. what I mean? We just put the stuff that we think would be funny and what people want to see. I mean, like, I don't care about seeing clips of him running every morning at 7. Like, mm. it's the same it's so thing. You know what I mean? Like, we get it. It's part of it now. I think, like, maybe, like, working out and, like, videos and stuff was, like, cool maybe at the beginning. Almost just because, like, the sport transitioned into yeah. this almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, you know, like, once, like, I feel like Moto, like, switched into this, like, grind mode stuff. Like, it was really cool for videos. But, like, now it's, like, I don't know. Let's find something different to do. Yeah. Who knows? Even, like, now, too. Like these videos are working and stuff, but like maybe ten years from now, it's gonna be like, all right, like yeah. Well, find I think it changes with like, so you go from the era before that. You guys are like twenty twenty steel roots. Mm -hmm. Like that's pretty much what I see Team Fridays right now. It's different to steel roots. You're not remaking steel roots, but it's like this is like the new thing mm -hmm. that because it had like the races in it. It had yeah. You know, it had like different people in it, mm -hmm. and then it's like then Carmichael comes along and he changes the whole sport when it comes to how people train mm -hmm. and then that gets like reinforced like double down and then it's like well yeah we got to show that because like that's what's special because that's yeah. what's winning and then like it was interesting when i was talking to hill on the podcast like can you imagine if hill and jay like hill won a 450 title when he had the red plate and then jay law won like an, another lights title or something then like the model of like what's successful would be those dudes yeah but it wasn't it was dungy Mm -hmm. And then it just keep, it yeah. went further down to that, and it's like it took you to win a championship, and then it's like I'm not doing anything different, and like yeah. that's why I think Bobby and them, they would know that mm -hmm. you're not like off com just fucking around for the sake of Team Fried. They're like, yeah. well, this is just Ando, like this is what he's always mm -hmm. done. So it's like mm -hmm. it's that evolution, and this could be like the new wave, you know. I know Bobby. He was kind of nervous about these videos at first because he knows who I am, he knows who I've been, but it's kind of been behind, you know it's not really out there you know yeah. so like he was nervous about that but like like you say like everyone posts videos of them training and stuff and i don't think i've maybe i've only posted one time because of like specialized i wanted to you know show yeah, them some love yeah, but yeah. i don't think i've ever posted a video or anything of me training because like for me as a person once i'm done i ain't i ain't touching a weight yeah <laughs> a road bike oh, or anything oh you, you say that now though you're definitely gonna because yeah. you do eat way too much <laughs> Dude, you're gonna for sure still work out because you're gonna care about that stuff too. Yeah. Tom always talks crap because I always plan my flights around food. Like, that's like for us, you know, like living a little is like our food, you know, because yeah. we have to, like, we're, we're pretty strict for the most part. Like, I mean, sometimes we have a little bit of fun, you go out, but most of the time it's, it's pretty strict. But Tom, like, I always schedule my flights, like, so we'll land at 10. We get to a place if there's Nando's, like if we're in like uh, Red Bud or something. Yeah, no, Bud's Creek, like perfect example. <laughs> like, do you, do you want to say it? Go for it. Yeah, like, so that's like kind of like a hometown race for me almost four hours away from New Jersey. And uh, I think at the time, yeah, oh no. Yeah, I, I drove up to Bud's Creek, I had my truck, so he gets in, flies in at like 10, 15, 10 30 or whatever. And, uh, pick him up and first things first like I don't even think like I picked him up I think he texted me like we're going to Nando's and uh so we, they have one in in Maryland really? in that state There's like two all in the of United them States. all of them are like all and around Maryland uh, uh yeah like Chicago Maryland, yeah. Yeah. Chicago uh for Redbud and then 
for Butts Creek oh, all yeah, throughout yeah. Wa- uh, Washington D.C. and Maryland. They have Nando's. Really? Yeah. No so yeah, no, I couldn't. I was like, what? Why? Tip right there. So weird, right? But uh, so we we get to Nando's and uh, dude. Spot on. I'm not even joking. We get there. We get to the door. As soon as we step up to the Nando's door, unlocks. Wow. Ready to go. And I was like, that's impressive. Was that this year? Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was really good. Like, first order two on the grill. Like, yeah. Prime time. <laughs> that's a win right there. Yeah. <laughs> What's been, like, the most fun part of Team Fried so far? The journey so far? Um, Honestly, like... <laughs> well, I was gonna say like for me I think going through like my injury and stuff like that made me appreciate like maybe a little bit different side of the sport to where maybe I'm not so tunnel vision you know because I I think I always have been the same person but to the public I don't know if I've always really been the person that I that I am you know and it's not like I've been really anyone I just don't do anything you know and I feel like this year I've been trying to be more myself towards like the fans and everything and just that one little bit of of uh change of perspective has made the fans I think like me more yeah. and and I don't it's it's cool to see because I'm just I, I just like the enthusiasm that they've been having at the races and, and that type of stuff is just it, it's it's cool you know it's like having the um, and and the thing is they don't even get bummed on me for results anymore yeah you know they still just seem to like me for me which is a hard place to get to in this sport yeah because usually when your results are bad you don't really have people behind you and when your results are good everyone loves you but i feel like it's been the people the the audience that we have i don't care if i have a million followers as long as i have five hundred thousand or a hundred thousand people that just like me for me on any day of the week whether you're shit or you're not that's that's the coolest part for me, you know, and that's and, and honestly, I think that just changed with my perspective of of when I pull off the track. I just don't want to worry about it or be in a bad mood because yeah. of how I did or anything. I, this is I, like the results aren't defining who you are. No, no. And I've gone so far in this in, in this racing deal that it's nice to like be just enjoying it. Like like donations. It didn't go the way we wanted, but got off the track. Had a smile on my face, cracked some beers with my grandpa and my dad and stuff like that, and smiled and just enjoyed their company and, and live another day and race another day and try and get them next time. And that, that's kind of how I've been living, you know? And now we're yeah. in Melbourne and you're about to send it tomorrow. Exactly. And I'm uh, living for that Team Fraud vlog because Gus is here and uh, the next boys are up. If we could do this like a proper one proper yeah. one yeah let's, let's we got it. stories to I tell know, like also, yeah, i feel like like we kind of just gave like just a little bit of like what's team fried you know what i mean yeah there's but so like much more. there's way, way more oh, way, yeah, way more. <laughs> yeah yeah we right. gotta do it. i'm serious all right enjoy boys all right, thanks, thanks for, coming for having on. us sorry it was short but um yeah we'll all do right. it again we'll do it again all righty this is a meeting of the minds, I would I would say. Ricky Carmichael, Chad Reed, the homies. Uh, Chad's had too much sleep. Ricky's had too much fun. Um, how's Melbourne been treating you so far? I mean, so far, so good. Yeah, um, I mean, it could always... I mean, we, we still want to rev it up. Like, I haven't gotten to rev the engine as much as I wanted to actually, No, yet, that's, but a, that's I'm thinking a lie. How is, the, how is the three onto the... Oh, the you're talking about motorcycles? Now, now talking motorcycles. Oh, He's, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You've been revving. Yeah, uh, not, not like I'd like to. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough, you fair enough. You did just turn 40. <laughs> I know, um, that's right. No, this, this track is really nice. Uh, it, it's bigger... 
quite quite honestly, it's a lot better than Auckland was. The dirt is really nice. Uh, the stadium is massive, and I the, when I walked in the stadium, I was like, wow, this thing is so felt big. Right. And, yeah, no, I did. It just I, felt, I, right. felt right. I had that same feeling, you know. Like I just walked in and I'm like, wow, you know, like as as a kid that watched this stuff on TV from a little age and, and then, you know, you always one day think, oh man, I wish a Supercross in Australia was bigger. I wish it was bigger. And finally, here we are in 2019 and it's freaking awesome. Like this, th- yeah, this is like as good as I think it could could be. Like, what would you do now? It's like, we've got a roof over the stadium, roof gone. That ain't a problem no more. No, that is not. <laughs> we ain't got no ceiling missing. No, we ain't got <laughs> yeah. no ceiling yeah. missing here. <laughs> that is nice. Uh, I don't know. I don't think there is anything that you could do better. I mean, there's always things you can do better. I mean, from a personal standpoint, always making the dirt a little bit better or there's maximum traction, uh, making sure it has good flow, fun jumps, and it's raceable. Um, But we had like leaps and bounds to go in Australia, and now it's like we've got one percenters on a night like to this in terms of making it better. No, it is. It's 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 really awesome. And really, I mean... The only next level or next step, in my opinion, is just an official World Supercross Championship. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, I think that what you what you see is is at the highest level. What's your thoughts on like a World Supercross series? Like, say if we included like <laughs> how long we got? I mean, <laughs> not not long enough for you two to be honest. But uh, like a world legitimate World Supercross series, not like Canada and America and doing like the baseball thing, like come to Australia, you got Bercy, and it's like, maybe it doesn't have to be all in a row, like consecutive weekends, it's like something at the end of the year, if you want to kind of get Aussie dudes doing some European stuff, some Euro guys doing Aussie and American, like, I mean, it could be pretty rad to have like a legitimate World Series. I personally would love it, Um, you know, and obviously two guys here that have raced, you know, raced motocross and supercross in the u.s so you you have a full understanding of why they don't do it and why you as an athlete you're kind of like you're stretched so thin um and i think when you're younger you just you know you you really only think about one thing and that's that's winning races in the races that you're paid to win yeah um anything outside of that feels feels like a drag or or too much you know um because i think that we're always human first athlete second yeah um and there's only so much you can push us and and poke us and you know put us here there and everywhere but as as somebody who's a massive fan of like moto gp um I love the fact that they go all over the world, you know, yeah. and, and I think we, we have that ability, but I just, you know, th- too many changes in my opinion need to be made to make that successful. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that unless Ricky knows something that I don't, I don't believe we have, yeah, the structure or the, the actually I would say not so much the structure, but more that the motivation behind the door, you know, closed yeah, doors. Yeah that's pushing in that direction. Happen, I yeah. always believe that budgets, you know, both of us are ran race teams and, hey, and, true, and both of those teams are gone. Um, they run on money and not our personal money. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Sponsorship money. And I think that as long as we are pulling from North American budgets only, and we're just, you know, pulling from that same tree. Um, I think it's really, really hard to grow the sport. I think that I would love to see, you know, pulling budget from you know the austrian brands with husky and ktm um and then the japanese budgets you know not not just always pulling from that same tree in america yeah and like a world championship could maybe potentially help that definitely if you had a world championship and 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 chad explained it perfectly 
Uh, you got to draw from other pools, not the same pool yeah. that everyone's pulling from in the States. But if you were, if you were to have one, this would be a great place for yeah. it. Uh, culturally, it's, it's a lot easier for people to, for people to deal with. Yeah. Oh, thanks man. The yeah, homies you know, right there. I got you. That's He's got the me. He knows the importance of yeah. the logo. Um, definitely this would be a place just cause it's, it's easy to get around. And I truly believe coming from someone who isn't that worldly compared to Chad, this is, it's so easy to get around here. Yeah. And if logistically it could work, that's what it, it would be great. I feel like, uh, you know, making that happen. They just some way, some way, somehow the, uh, manufacturers, uh, the sponsors and the uh, promoters, they need, they need to get together and they need yeah. to have these round, you know, round table meetings and be open to it and, and just put it, put pen to paper and make it happen. Yeah. It's going to cost some dollars, but, uh, I think if you have a proper plan, you can make it happen and put it on the schedule. And, and a bigger pie to pull from instead of just one, you know, like you said, the North America, but, um, I don't want to get too serious into all that stuff. Um, just a little random. Yeah, I think it would be cool to have yeah, a world, a world so awesome. supercross race yeah. here. Yeah. And, and, th- and this could do it. Like it's, for I think sure, that when man. you walk into yeah. this building, um, I think that that is very clear that, that this is, a, it's a, it's, it's a world, you know, it's a stage that is on, on that level. Yeah, definitely. So I want to know when was the point, obviously you two, I don't think you guys ever had like a real hatred or dislike for each other. I think you had one of the gnarl, more gnarly competitive relationships yeah. of any sport that I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. I want to know then, though, like, what was the text message that got sent? What was the charity golf day? I don't what think was, there was a text message. Had, but like, Texting what, wasn't that common back then. But yeah. when did you guys squash the beef? I don't know what, that do we ever had. I know yeah. for me, I don't think we, I had. We, it wasn't beef, I don't think. It was just, it was dude, it's just, he dude. wanted to kick my ass and, and. And vice versa, you know, like just two dudes that wanted to win races. and. Uh, but you wouldn't have gone and hung before. So well, it's I mean, like, a, what's the point? You know, we would like regular, obviously, you know, like we would connect through Atlanta and things like that. Um, you know, prior to us going and spending way too much money on private planes. But <laughs> that's <laughs> in, the, for in sure. the early days, um, you know, like, I mean, regularly I'd be on, we would be on the same flight. And, um, you know, I've kind of said this before, like Ricky and I always, there was always that huge amount of respect. Mutual you know? respect. Yeah. Um, you know, put a helmet on and some goggles and drop the gates. And, and it was, you know, whoever could win, could win. And you did what you had to do to win. Um, I had this dude in my bedroom, you know, like yeah. I had a, the, the Oakley, you know, the famous yeah. or yeah. infamous, that whip po- um, whip photo. yeah, the number 70 with yeah. the Oakley podium. I literally had that above my bed. Um, so I, to me, it's just funny because like I, I actually was a fan. Yeah. And, uh, but but just yeah, like admired everything about him, you know, like kind of what he did from his amateur stuff. Everything he did was cool. He was always a Fox guy, Oakley guy. Um, you know, obviously winning races, and and then you know the troubles that he had when he first went to the big bike. Um, that really went like global in the fact that like I was what three years behind him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of like oh, you know, like in the in the big scheme of things, like. You know, you're going to struggle your first year and look what happened to Ricky Carmichael. Yeah, and so right. it's kind of like you're getting that three year heads up and I'm like, no, I don't want to do what Ricky did. And, you know, I don't want to crash. I don't want to, you know, whatever. And um, so in a lot of ways, though, we didn't know each other where he lived on completely different sides of the world. Um, you know, I learned about, you know, that. And for me, 
one story that sticks in my mind and um i was an oakley athlete as well um and the one thing i always remember is just like everybody talked about how much gas he burned a day and how much he rode and i remember as a kid like that was it i was like dude ricky carmichael rides a lot yeah and i would just <laughs> ride for hours and hours like literally take a you know five gallon a 20 liter gas can to the track and didn't leave until that thing was empty you know so, so gnarly, um yeah. so yeah it's kind of funny like that there's almost been a rivalry there without a rivalry even See, and look <laughs> at all that riding and he's like multiple times supercross champion yeah. outdoor champion kicked ass in the in the lights class or you know regional supercross uh championship or the, that was 2002 east coast i believe yeah yep yep and uh yeah, I mean, you just nothing replaces laps. But for me, I don't. I I I tell this to a lot of people. I feel like it wasn't us who made the beef as yeah. much as it was the people the that entourage. were surrounding us. Yeah, yeah the yeah. entourage. You know, yeah, it's right. just you know. So JH, yeah, over there in the corner. Actually, I don't even was it, it was, JH? It was, it was uh, it Scott Taylor. Yeah, probably Scott yeah. Taylor, and then he had uh, uh, Steve Astafin. Astafin what was what's that? You used to have good people around. I know. Well, you know. It's, <laughs> I got done racing, and they're like, "Well, what are you gonna do?" You just now? had to keep the cheapest dude. So huh? it, it was really, it was really that. That's what it really was. But like Chad said, there was a mutual respect there, and yeah. that's what. And there weren't a lot of cheap shots taken. Now we raced each other hard, and I knew what he was gonna do, and I'm sure he knew what I was gonna do most of the time. So yeah, uh, because we knew we knew that we couldn't take the cheap shot because we knew that. Is this too much on the line at that point? Yeah, eh? yeah. It's I mean, you, well, and at that level, you don't want to get into the back and forth each weekend, and so you just let's just race it out. For us, like I don't remember a time that we never, whatever happened on the race, good or bad or ugly, or it was a blowout, whatever. There was always a handshake, in my opinion. I, yeah. I don't remember oh, yeah. like where James and I like you think of James and I, and it was like, dude, you would you wouldn't even look at him. Yeah. And yeah. and but then him, like but right Ricky now. and I totally had a different like it was a different rivalry, you know. Yeah. Like, we, we, it was all left on the racetrack. Yeah. And so when did it? When did you guys first sort of come together oh, in th the off track? Because you guys are like no, legitimate I, th I, well, now, I, you know? I think like as soon as I stopped racing, I mean, it got better like '07, but I wasn't racing for a championship, so yeah. it was like you know. No harm, no foul. But I mean, obviously, you, you you can let your guard down when I quit racing professionally. Yeah. You know, and then I became I'm one of his biggest fans. You know, I I want to see him do well. Uh, most importantly, I want to I, I want to see him stay stay safe. I was just doing a little interview before we came up and talked with you, and I. I I want. I know he has fun racing in the position that he's in now, but I just want him to be safe. That's all. It's hard though because, like, dude, you were busting out the quad onto the tabletop. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. What's well, not a quad? It's Remember, a, a tabletop is one. It's a, so it still stands a triple. <laughs> yeah, you all tripled right. onto so the you tabletop. Tripled, you, so you're tripling on, but like, yeah. you, you can see that, like the way that your body English is on the bike, it's like, you're fucking having a go still. And it's like, you can sit here on yeah, the, side, on the side. That's what this, I mean. Like, this yeah. dude's still when you get on the no. bike, you, you don't, just... You don't forget how to ride and... Uh, yeah, you, sometimes you do. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, I do. I least. would say, like, to go back a little bit on, like, when we started to become a little bit closer is, uh, I would say that when we went to, um, well, when I went to Suzuki, mm. yeah, um, okay. you know, Ricky came down to my, my house and my track and, you know, and, and that was what maybe was four 09? years yeah four years after retiring um you know and it was like 
that was kind of like that first moment where it's like, wow, Ricky Carmichael's at my house yeah. or my track. Um, you know, we did photo shoot today, you know, together. We tested and um, and it's funny, like suspension wise, we're completely in different planets. But I think chassis wise, we're actually really, really close. And and I worked with his longtime mechanic, uh, Mike Gosler. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he would always make those comments, you know, like just my comments on what I want from an engine and a chassis are, are for the most part what... My, you know, Goose yeah. describes it as like, dude, you're just like Ricky. Like, you guys are so much alike in that level, you know? He has so much feel for the bike. And it's kind of the same way I did. Yes, exactly. He's right. I, I know what I like, my how my suspension to work. He knows how he wants his suspension to work. But the hard parts on the motorcycle, that's where we're very similar. We have really good feel, and we know what we need to perform at our highest level. And... Uh, if times have changed it's not a lot like that anymore with the generation coming up they're just incredibly talented on whatever yeah. you, you give them and when you give them a setup they kind of ride around they adjust and adapt to what they're given yeah. where Chad and I, I, I I could probably speak for Chad on this where we get something we can't do we can adapt a little bit to what <laughs> they gave us but we can't I can't go out there and make it happen mm -mm. What do you think that is though? Like, why has the generation changed? Because like, I remember when with the JDR stuff, Nate Dog would be like, "Yeah, people, there's like six people in the world that know how to test a motorcycle." And, I think and at he's the like highest the level that there is those individuals that take the little things and make them, you know, better. Um, and I think that they're the ones generally succeeding week in and week out. Um, but yeah, like it just seems like there's. I think even as people, like, they're just, they kind of just, they're real floaty people, yeah. you know, like, that's the generation where I feel like we were really kind of straight and narrow driven, um, you know, you, you, you had your inner circle and you just went to work. Yeah. Where now I feel like, you know, like, I mean, geez, look at Ricky's old trainer has six people now, you know, um, where he was, you know, it was just him yeah. and it was like, everything was done secretively, everything, you know, like you were trying to squeeze everything out of everything, literally. Yeah. Um, where nowadays, like, I don't feel like that secret and that drive is, is as big because now, you know, like look at KTM and Husqvarna. I mean, they literally share the same uh, practice track yeah, and the same, same training same thing, yeah. so it's like it's kind of like an open book policy um, so it's almost like you just they set up your bike and you you go race it I think where, that affects the we, racing we had to set it up I think in the well, old days and expanding on what Chad said what we're seeing, in my opinion, is we're seeing a wave of all the kids who grew up in private facilities. Yes, 100%. Okay? So that's why, in my opinion, there's not a lot of variation in what the guys do yep. and how they race. You know, there's the... They make the same mistakes all the time. Mm -hmm. they're, hardly ever, they're hardly ever fixing them. They're incredibly fast, but you never know who's going to win, but they're all it's the same thing they yeah. all do the same thing because they've all ridden together there's no separation i mean he wouldn't let me ride with him in our heyday and vice versa i wouldn't do that why would i want to help my competition mm. right could you imagine sharon eldon no right? <laughs> like dude there's there's no way so you like everybody knows everybody's secrets there there yeah. are no secrets anymore and, and in my opinion that's why there's not a lot of parody out there and everything is so close there's a couple people you know chad's an exception he didn't grow up in a private facility ken didn't grow up in a private facility and tomac didn't yeah and if you look 
Tomac and Ken, they have their own style mm-hmm. and their own things that they do differently. Kind of when the when the tough gets, you know, yeah. go when the tough, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, everybody <laughs> else, <laughs> go and get tough. The tough get going. Anderson <laughs> has his own deal, but and it didn't grow up at a, at a, facility, at a facility. But uh, most other people have ridden together for so long and at the same places. It's like where's the separation? Well, I think too. Like one of the things watching this season that was kind of alarming and that was the first time I've really like, man, I think this whole like facility thing starting to affect the racing because like Cooper and Marvin, Marvin didn't have a fight for Cooper in the championship really. And I look at it as like, Coop was probably schooling him every single day at Alden's. And you know what Coop's like in terms of the I'd be willing to bet he, it was the other way around. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. But, I bet, so you, from, I bet yeah. you Marvin is amazing. From what I heard. Monday to Friday, I bet you Marvin is a real pain in the ass. there's obviously something about Webb that got into Marvin's head to He's the point racer. where yeah, he just yeah. walks around. So, like, could you imagine Marv's, like, got kind of a cruisy, mellow dude. Could you imagine being around a guy, like, a, Coop's kind of like, you were, you know, like the way that you sort of walk around super com- confident. He's it's a little like, bit more know. gritty, I think. You know, like uh, most weekends this year that I watched, at least, especially in the ones where I was hurt and I was going to the races and taking it in from a different perspective. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of times where I didn't see Cooper Webb like looking like he's going to go out and smoke everybody in, in, in a couple hours time. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, but once they dropped the gates, it seemed like there was always, um, his starts were, were on one point and then, uh, pretty much just hit the ground running and it just kind of like that flow happens, you know, like I always feel like my best nights come from tough yeah. qualifying and stuff like that. You kind of grind it out, try to find, you know, Maybe you're finding the limits or you're struggling with the racetrack, but when they drop the gates, you know, I think that's the equalizer right there. Yeah, yeah uh, he's just like, he, he said it perfectly, Chad did. Cooper Webb is a racer. And I don't, yeah, he does he want to post good times? Of course he does. Does he get wrapped around the axle if he doesn't? No. Guys do. You know, this guy doesn't. And, you know, like when I was racing Chad, dude, you could throw lap times out the window. Of course, yeah, he wanted to put in. No, it's just you know he's going to be yeah. there in the main event. He's going to get a good start. If he doesn't, he's at least going to be up front, and it's going to be game on. Cooper Webb is a lot, very similar in the way that he does things. Yeah. And you just know he's just going to he's gonna find a way to be there. He positions himself in a great spot. I mean, dude, you don't do that by luck. Dungey was the same way. He was the same way. I was the same way. Stu was the same way. Guys like that just find a way to put themselves up front. And in my opinion, I think that's really hard to teach, man. You can teach that. I honestly think that, you know, champs are... Champs are born, not built. I really honestly believe that. Well, I think then maybe that's what frustrated Marv to that point is that, like, maybe Marv was the dude that was smoking him every single day at the test track, but he couldn't beat him on the weekends. Well, one would assume that Marv Dunge is gone and Marv's going to be the guy, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, especially, I mean... Well, Coop Coop. said, I'm the number two dude this year. And he, like, went to Marv and he literally... (laughs) Like, there was, like, they had to have a team meeting. Like, did you guys hear about that? No, I didn't They pretty much, like, when Coop rocked up at Alden's, he pretty much walked up and said... Hey, I've been a dick to you. I've been a dick to you, like Osborne. Yeah, yeah. I've been a dick to you, Marv. And he's like, <laughs> I'm sorry. And like, I know Marv's the number one guy. I'm the number two dude. And then look what happened. Like, mm-hmm. dude, it's got to be a gnarly. Who was your like, source on that? I'm not saying. <laughs> I, was, I was close. Was it Bubs? It was Bubs. Okay. Yeah. That's my right. guy. That's my right. guy. You're, that's your buddy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like, maybe then that's why it was so, like, 
hard to deal with. But like, imagine that. I know, like, I know what used to demoralize me is if when you hear this guy was hurt, and then mm. you get you get going in the main event, and he's right up your ass. Yeah. And you're like, dude, I thought his arm was broken. Six, six hours ago, you're in. <laughs> you know, hospital, no, bro. dude, it would it that would literally mess me up mentally and I'm a pretty strong mental person when it came to racing I didn't let a lot of things bother me and I just dealt with what I had like if I suck that Seth night Bob's at least obviously. I'm gonna get second you know like if he is faster he's better in the whoops whatever or yeah. certain parts of the track I'm like well what I got is what I got I'm gonna send it but I'm not gonna take my second place and turn it into a fifth or sixth place I'm just gonna take my ass whipping like a man but I'm gonna still try to do the best I can where sometimes I feel like if things aren't going right even though a guy could still get can't win but could still be on the podium they let that manifest into something less than what they're capable of doing yeah Yeah. some guys i feel like that like that some days it's just not your day you know like Mm -hmm. you are i mean that's what was probably the hardest thing for me racing this guy was you know i mean i have the most podiums of anybody in the history of sport you know and and a lot of them were seconds and thirds to this dude um but those were the days where you you had to grind it out you know like you, you know there was things that days where i had easy days and there was days where it was hard and um you know, standing on a podium is always better than, you know, throwing away any hope of a championship, you know, with a fifth, sixth, whatever that is, you know, like I look at, you know, one of our, my favorite championships with, with him was, was in 03 and I was just a rookie and I made two rookie mistakes. You know, I got two sixth places. Other than that, I was on the podium every weekend and, you know, as a rookie and, and I look at those mistakes and it, they were the, they were actually on nights where I was too good, like Anaheim was one of them. Anaheim, the and then uh, the other one I think was Minneapolis, mm-hmm. and I was so freaking good. And the feeling I had, and I just kept asking for more, asking yeah. for more. And I just I I think I got an average start, maybe fifth, sixth. I went right away to the lead and was like riding away. And instead of riding away and just you know riding away half a second a lap, I was like wanting to take two seconds a lap and dude cartwheeled it and then cartwheeled it again and yeah so it's just those are the things that you that you learn really fast yeah and like no matter what anyone told him pre-race that night those are things you just have to learn on your own and i don't you know the first two years in the in the 450 what 450 class now dude it sucked but i learned so much of what not to do i still made quite a few mistakes you learned the hard way yeah and i learned the hard way that sticks right (laughs) that helped me be five time supercross champ do do you think that like so to do what you did in a rookie season then obviously dunge won his rookie season but how different is the two-stroke four-stroke thing because i feel like to ride a 252 stroke on a supercross track at the level that you guys did is completely different to doing doing that on a 450 like is that something to take into consideration for me i i don't like claiming rookie status that year you know like i mean i was already a two-time 250 Supercross champion in Australia and I was second in the world championship on a 250 in in, in the world championships you know so I, I don't know but I don't I mean, feel good claiming rookie status that particular year yeah. you know like I actually was much more comfortable on a 252 stroke than I was on a light bike you know like that uh, my rookie season in 02 like that was a legit rookie lights class championship for me because I had never raced a 125 at a professional level in, in Australia or anything you know like I, I went straight to the big bike um, at 16 so I 
Yeah, like for me, 2000, 2003 was kind of like my comfort zone. Like I actually felt more yeah. comfortable there than I did. Um, you know, and you got to think at that point, I'm what, 19, 20 years old, um, you know, already won a couple of titles uh, in Oz. And, and that's what I think you know some people or some of our younger generation are missing you know they're 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 going from Oz at a really really young age and I think the Oz championship you learn and, and Ricky could probably say this but I think that managing a championship at the highest level um, of you know whether it's Oz Europe America at that's the highest level at that point in time in your life so and you, you learn that. And I just think it's a skill that you can't teach mm. and you have to learn it. And I think that that was why I went to Europe and I gained a lot from Europe. And then I took that, you know, to, to the U.S. And I think that that was why I was able to be so successful. Yeah. 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 With the, um, the we joked about like the private jets thing. How much of that was you boys just like, was that comp- competition like even off the track? Like, would you hear what guys no. were doing or like, what was even, how did, cause that shit just got crazy for like a minute and then it was gone. I think you know we're what? all pretty savvy enough to, if, if he's spending money in the area or I'm spending <laughs> money in the area, I don't think our egos are big enough to where we're willing to yeah. make that financial commitment just to keep up with the Joneses. No way. It was literally like, that's just how high the need to win and, and the willingness to do whatever it took. I yeah. mean, that, that was, I mean, yeah, you, you think of the lifestyle we're creating. I mean, trust me, jumping in a private jet to, I couldn't even tell you the airports we're flying into in the middle of nowhere. Latrobe you, Airport you, in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. like, I, I don't know that I would call that that cool. <laughs> no. When you think about it, that was us. So it was just like a championship Going mindset. to the track at the last minute, getting out of there at the, at the first moment because it just never stopped. Mm. And, and I think that that's probably a separation of what you see back then to now yeah. is that, that willingness to be like, you got your little group of people and you dude, you're just working your damn ass off. And, and doing whatever it takes. And if Ricky was flying, you know, private or I was, it, it just seemed like that was what you did. Like, you know, like yeah, if I heard that, makes, that, that makes sense. Yeah, well, we had two more days at home. Yeah. yeah. So we, at, at outdoor, you, we had there was Saturday. Sunday, Sunday races back then. Saturday yeah. practice. So if you're flying commercial, you had to fly Friday. Yeah. And then you couldn't go home until Monday morning. Yeah. So we got. Thursday night, or Thursday, no, we got Friday night at home because mm-hmm. we would fly Saturday morning yeah. and then we were home on su- Sunday night and then we could start our training on Monday. Yeah. We're gaining two days on both sides. Yeah. yeah. That's that a lot, dude, when you add lot. it up throughout yeah. the... When you think of like the percentage that separates the greatest guys in the world, um, they were all things that we were chasing and I think that's what mm-hmm. I love about our era so much is that it just... Dude, it was gnarly. Because yeah. there is something sick to be like, even when I go overseas, I'll do like those fight camps and it's like 10 days and it's literally the only thing that you're there for. Like you, everyone's there to like do the same thing. You got like massages, you got the whole thing. It's just like nothing else in your, in your world sort of matters for those 10 days. And it's like, a that's a cool feeling. But you guys kind of did that for like 10 years. 10 to where years. It's just like crazy focus. Like, <laughs> but that, it I'm is fun though, right? I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, I was like, I told myself I'd never be traveling. Like when I took the TV gig this show, I'm like, there's no way I'm traveling 17 rounds ever again. And After like, racing. Yeah, yeah. I am. Here, here you know, are, you're back. Some, yeah, <laughs> right. But there is something fun. I wish like I do. Moment, I'm sure right? both of us could say, I, I'm, I wish I had the 
million plus dollars back that I spent on flying private. <laughs> now, <laughs> right now, back. if someone came and handed me a million dollar check, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm perfect." Good. Is that what is that what you spent? You oh yeah, I spent been? over a million yeah, bucks because I was buying. I don't know what his. Everyone was different. Yeah. I heard all kinds of things like, "Oh, he got it for free," and you hear all this no. shit. But no, <laughs> I was no. paying for what we were playing. For, you buy it in blocks. Yeah, buy like in blocks. Basically, like you'd buy hundred thousand, hundred thousand dollar blocks. Yeah, yeah. so we were, but you twenty five hours at a time, and is about a hundred grand per yeah. twenty five hours. Yeah. I was pretty lucky. I had a pretty good deal. Um, yeah. I did actually. I lost my ass because I invested in it, but um, and then when the you know the world fell apart in yeah. away, um I got murdered on that. But yeah, I mean, it was. I think at that point it was like fifteen hundred an hour. You know. So it, yeah, it, I was like, it was a lot, it was a lot of hour. money, but yeah. it was, you know, it like, was worth it. You had, like to, you, going, you had going to do coast it. to coast. I mean, it would be a $30,000 yeah, weekend. I never did coast to coast. Yeah. Uh, I did like twice, but I normally used my stuff. I would go nothing further West than Texas. Yeah. Nothing further North than. So basically know. like a three hour. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was a crazy time though. Like it's different. And like yeah, the, the market you, was good back mm-hmm, then. Though. Yeah. I mean, we were making a lot of money back then. We, we, we didn't know. do bad. No, we, we did. I'd take our contracts over the current ones. All day. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, we were, we grew up in a fantastic time. We were born at the right time. We were just, we were lucky, you know, uh, like I feel bad for the guys before us. Like Fro is a great friend of mine and he was just, just dude, like, and, and even McGrath, like yeah. they just missed the curve mm-hmm. and you know what, but I could be bitter. Like, so you I made my, my winning bonus in 98 for Supercross was 7,500 bucks from Cowie. Wow. Then Ernesto's getting 30 grand per win the next year. But so I'm not, and, I think, hit. and I think these, and I, th- I think these days I've heard like they make like 250 grand now. For a championship in Alliance class, really? Yeah. What so. was it? Yeah, back my, then? mine was fifty. I, mine was uh, <laughs> mine was one fifty. Really? Yeah. I mean, so I guess that side of it yeah. is good. One fifty, and I bought my bus with it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I got thirty thousand dollars my first uh, professional Sign-on. salary. Yeah. That was mine. Mine was twenty five grand. And. I spent 15 grand building a Supercross yeah, track. Yeah, that's gangster though. Pow! You know, like Gone. this is before the Supercross season started. Yeah. yeah. So you know, but no, you make that gamble. Yeah. The the one thing, like we said this on your podcast, is that I I think it's really cool that you guys can be as cool with each other as you are now. And I think that my homie James being left on the outer, it's like there's only three dudes on planet Earth that can relate to the shit that you three went to. Like, no one's ever made that much money. The the bikes, the time, the money that was getting spent on the bikes, you guys in private planes, like, you never forget about what this guy next to me, we got to experience at the at pinnacle of the yep. sport. Two strokes, steel frame. Mm-hmm. Two strokes, aluminum frame. Four strokes, he was on a steel frame. I never experienced that, but four strokes, uh, non-fuel injected, yeah. carbureted, fuel, and he got to race professionally, uh, fuel injection. I didn't get to experience that. It came on right after the year that I retired from racing. And I feel like that's why he has so much knowledge and myself as well. We, we, we yeah, knew you all the everything. tricks and we, when yeah. we're on two strokes, we're trying to squeeze everything out of, out of the engines, chassis, and now... You know, you just learn. I mean, from you, a, you back in those learn. days, you had to be smart because, like, you know, like during the day and then of a nighttime, the bike would run so differently when it was jetted. Yeah. You know? So you you had to you had to communicate with your mechanic on like what you're feeling and 
you know, a badly jetted two stroke was never fun to ride, you know? So you, you, you learn to be on point and these days it, uh, the computer tells you, you yeah. um, you can tell the engineer like, Hey, I'm struggling in this part of the racetrack. And they look up the GPS, they look up that particular section and, and the computer basically spits out and tells them what, what's going on. So, um, that's, that's changed, but it is, it's, you know, well, it's cool that you guys get to now, like you can, you guys can relate to each other. Like if, if, you know, you got James living on an Island and it's like, that's just him. Like he's just this one guy that did this crazy thing for a bunch of time. And like the only other two people that he can relate to, like there's no contact it's like, at least you guys now it's like, you guys have a special relationship just purely through circumstance that well, you, not a lot of people, well, there's literally only three of you guys. Like sometimes it's like, I listen, you know, obviously with him doing TV now, it's like, I listen to the words he says and it's like, you, you, you know what he's saying, yeah. you know, and it's and like, on a different level to yeah. what I would. Even. And it's, that's what I love about, you know, like our friendship and what we've been through and everything like that is just, you just been through a lot and it was the same error and, um, you just, yeah, you kind of like, you're on that, that level, you yeah. know, like we, you know, when all said and done, it's always hard to say it when you're racing still, but it's like, you look back and it's like, you know, both of us are in, you know, he's the greatest of all time. Um, and I'm in the top four and you're Chad you know, Reed <laughs> and I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. Like it's, it's been a good run. It's been a lot of fun. And so what's some of the coolest stuff that you guys have done post racing together? Obviously post racing speaking, I mean, you're still racing. Yeah. I mean, these trips, these events are really fun and obviously we share, um, you know, Fox relationship. Um, so yeah, like interacting and doing stuff like that and, you know, doing, you know, Fox video shoots and it's, it's funny because I feel like, you know, with age always becomes perspective. And I think, you know, the Ricky Carmichael that used to race, to the Ricky Carmichael I know today seems like he genuinely has, you know, he's, he's good with who he is and, Mm. and he's having more fun. And like, and I feel like the two of us, when we go do a shoot with Kenny or something like that, and it's like, I don't know, you can kind of relate to, he's like, he's real driven. Remember we did the one, we did the one up at uh, W, not WW, the other place with the big jumps in Florida. Oh Um, yeah. Dreamland. Dreamland. Uh, And it's like Dunge was there and it's like Dunge was in the pinnacle of his sport. And it's like, you know, he's on the, the album program. And I remember like him and I like, we're just talking amongst each other and you know you see and it's like he's got his little food and he's counting calories and you know and it's like <laughs> here's him and i messing around being goof, goofballs and yeah so i just think that that's perspective that's life that's what kids bring to your life as well and um i just yeah i think you can take it on and enjoy it more than what we did maybe when we were racing yeah. i think what i what i enjoy too like we, we we have a lot of things in common away from racing, too. We both love going to nice dinners, so yeah. we try to organize good dinners. People probably don't realize di- that you and I pretty much on a 17-race series do dinner on Friday at least, nights. At least 10 of the 17 rounds yeah. minimum. Yeah. That's, That's so our rad. thing. We, yeah. we enjoy nice places to eat yeah we enjoy the cities that we're in going to different places and, and that's kind of our jam dude yeah. That, yeah. that's what it's we funny. do and, and when we raced i don't know about you but i don't even think i went to restaurants it was literally you'd go from private plane dealer signing to the bus eat the food that you got to eat on the bus go to sleep yeah. race and then go home like now it's like so you're kind of like i don't know you're almost redoing and getting to yeah, experience yeah, that kind of makes experience sense. something that we missed out that's on. what i really like about the position that chad is in right now is he's experiencing racing at the pinnacle of the sport 
but he's still having fun. Yeah. Like when we were racing, I, I, I know for me, I hated it. And yeah. I tell everybody that, dude, I didn't <laughs> like racing then. I mean, I, I liked winning. But there, it wasn't like I was riding the racetrack and like, wee, this is yeah. so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I hated it. I hated everything about it. But that's what I did and that's what I had to do. I was so, you know, like I but was committed must have been to the like, sport. There would have been a level of fulfillment though, where it's like, it's, yeah. it's, like it's not, yeah, like it's not fun to do it. But then at the end of it, when you're on the podium, it's like, all right, well, the, all that fucking work was for something. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, I guess people would enjoy fulfillment though on like the backside yeah, you of it, enjoy right? the fulfillment but as far as but the racing part yeah i mean because dude they're just pushing you to a level you know like i'm sure like when chad talked about hard weekends there were times where i had i was hanging it out and you know like it put him in an uncomfortable situation that isn't fun yeah <laughs> the, the, when Stu does something on a track that we're not willing to take that risk because if you don't do that jump or go that speed, you're going to die. And literally like, that's, just, that isn't fun. No, that's good. That, well, you knew what was coming on Monday because <laughs> it, it, it didn't just end there. It wasn't like, Oh, he had a good weekend. And like, it was like, okay, I got my ass kicked. He beat me, you know, whatever it was, if it was quadding something or tripling something out of a turn that we, weren't doing you had to go home and work on that and mm. and, and basically bridge that gap in three days because you know you rode three days that week and that was that was the that was what you did yeah <laughs> i think like racing stew and chad never like and i like he he wouldn't go out and do something crazy most most of the time you wouldn't do anything crazy he didn't have to do that to win <laughs> so like i just i i had made it up in my mind I'm not gonna take that chance I'm mm. gonna take my second or third that night depending on whatever the you know whatever the starting arrangements were where we were at on the track after the first lap but I just like dude I'm not I'm not taking that that risk now I'll send it through the whoops if I need to or on a corner or whatever but as far as jumping gnarly shit I'm just I'm not willing to do that dude it's mm. just, I'll take my chances that's what I didn't enjoy about about racing because yeah you're right it's like he's just pulling the trigger on something that you don't really want to do but it's like well here's the deal you do it or the you thing get was, second is he would do it and make it look so easy you know <laughs> like i remember that there was this in phoenix one year and it was like a big to big it was a it was a quad and i'm like i just I don't see that on the racetrack. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like when I'm doing it, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you see triple single. I That's see what I see. I see triple single. And then he's just like goes four, and you know, and you only ever hear cause I haven't had that conversation with him, but you know, like he obviously rode differently than we did. Um, he was really the first of the new generation of how they ride today. Um, no clutch, no, cl no first gear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just using the gearbox and, <laughs> and no clutch, you know? Um, and I think that for me, it was just like, damn, like, like, I don't know that I got that, you know? <laughs> and then you, you weigh it up. Like, I mean, you really honestly weigh it up and I'm like, is it worth it? You know? And there was a lot of weekends that I went where I'm just like, I ain't doing it. <laughs> you know, I just, yeah. Sometimes I, you know, I'd nut up and do it in the main event or something, but there was a lot of, a lot of times I didn't do it either. What was like just the general aura around, like, cause he was one of the most like insulated dudes. I think I, the so when us three were racing, I had a better relationship with Stu than he did. And I had a good relationship. I had a, you know, a cordial relationship with Chad. I mean, you got to remember we were all three battling for one, one position. So, but there definitely was way more camaraderie between myself and Chad than there was between 
Chad and Stu. So I always, yeah, like, I always felt like he was the odd man out because... Well, plus being Australian, too. and, and cause Not like, not even that. Not even that. They just, I would have liked to have seen that, along with that, Stu, and that I they weren't know. Fox boys, you know? Like, I yeah. always felt like there was a certain thing. That, I don't think that it well, was like that. I don't think together. it was that, but it's I what it always up. felt like. Yeah. You know, no, like it, it always felt had, like... It had nothing to do with Fox. They got sat down, and <laughs> you got to be friends. Don't be idiots. <laughs> no, no, it was never that. It was just I'd seen the kid and grown up with him, and... You know, so you yeah, felt my house Florida boys too, yeah. Yeah, so it was just that's what that was more than the Fox stuff. I mean, honestly, I used to I used to hate how Pete Fox was up his ass all the time, and I tell Pete to this <laughs> yeah. day. I mean, it I was. was I've been there. You know, and yeah, and I was in a different place in my life personally then, and I couldn't do the things that Bubs could do and have that relationship with Pete. And I'm like, man, what the hell, dude? I've been a Fox athlete Every, forever. You're my guy. Everyone and, has that. You know, but that, life. but I look back, that was childish of yeah. me to think that way. But everyone does that. Like, I remember even like with Kenny and Basha, like when they were both on, on Fox as like lights dudes. And mm-hmm. then, and Beaks was the oh, dude. See, I didn't even know there was them, beef know? there. Not beef, but it's just like, that it was that same thing. It, it pro- there was probably nothing there, but then Kenny would be giving Beaks a hard time about Basher, and Basher would be given. So I mean, I just feel like there's that's just a Beaks thing. Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like there's sort of there always would be that of like. And I feel like I feel like I feel like Stu, and no pun to him. I feel like Stu raced me with more respect than he raced Chad with. Mm. I really feel like that, and vice yeah, versa. Yeah, I would I mean, agree with that. But, but I don't we, know But why. we had beef, you know. Like mm. there really was beef. There. <laughs> they were they're closer in age. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. And uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I was kind of the seasoned vet, if you will. Yeah. You know, and they're both trying to take me down. I think we're about the same age difference between like Ricky to me and then me to James. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I mean, it makes sense. Like what, what, how you explained it on the podcast. Like you were sort of thinking that you were going to be like homies with him after everything that. You know, like all the factors combined, it was like, man, me and James could like actually be tired. And then today, like, like I, have, I have zero against him. You know, too. like I, I I'd go play golf with him if that's his thing. I wish I'd, that had happened I'd, just for like. I'd every love to jump on a dirt bike and all three of us go ride. Like, I mean, I, that would I don't think the, that as that long happens. as we limit to what you can do on the track, <laughs> yeah. I'm down. <laughs> but I mean, like, because it's cool. Like you see you guys, like I, I get pumped watching you two hang out because like for me as a kid, like. Supercross bar to bar 2003. I've watched that more times than I've probably watched anything on I planet never Earth. Watched you know, it. it's so funny because well, I haven't ever watched I, it either. I've never watched but, uh, a full bar to bar. Everybody talks dude, about the bar. That's bar all to me bars. and my brother it's used so to do, funny. dude. Like we literally just highlights, just highlights yeah. of every race, man. All 17 in a row, and then every lights one. And we we would get home from school and we would put it on. Until and we'd start at Anaheim one, and then we'd end at Vegas, and Vegas. it'd take like three hours, man. And we just sit like but just the, watching it. There's like hundreds of kid. thousands of kids around the world that would have done that, and so like to see now because you see the podium shit, and you see like you can see the tension. So now for me to like twenty years later or whatever it is to see you guys like as friends, that makes me pumped. And <laughs> I'd it's like, like I'd like to go. We we do a th- uh, Chad and Stu and myself go do a little a threesome uh, golf that would be fun because you know like you know the cool thing is is this guy can play golf and from what I hear Stu can too and I I suck so I would like to see if the rivalry got back going again I'd be the guy like sipping a cocktail and you know watching these guys but uh, it would be cool just dude I feel like it's gonna happen it's gonna happen 
Oh, well, it'll then, I, I mean, you, I, I say, don't see it n- Yeah, I, d- I don't see it happening. It'll but ha- no, yeah. Not for... I'm, I'm going to make it happen. That's going to be like you're my gonna make, That's your thing? That's I'm going to make this like my <laughs> You just got to stop. You already went down that rabbit hole one time, <laughs> and it didn't work out well for you. I mean, you're may- gonna go, hey, maybe you're gonna it was do me, it again? Maybe it wasn't James. Maybe it was me. Maybe I was the bad guy. Kind of like you me with the, I mean? him and the Pete Fox thing, right? Like, like maybe it's on that you. was on me. Yeah, it could be on me. Maybe if so I change my saying, attitude. Are you saying James it was you? Because only you know if it was you. Well, a battery lit on fire in his foyer that was in my camera bag at one point. <laughs> well, so that might There's end. that. And the day that the, the last time we played golf, I was terrible. So maybe that come into play. Right. So I don't know. Do you think you could beat Curly in UFC fight? Who's Curly? The only, oh, I kind of beat him in the casino, you right? Did. You did, <laughs> you did. I do you remember did. that. He tapped out. The thing was, he was like, the, the, "This was the best bit, though." He's like, "I thought we were wrestling because I yeah. went straight into some chokes, which obviously wrestlers <laughs> don't Rasslin'. do." Wrestling, wrestling. I just and I was <laughs> like, go. "Go straight for the choke." I was like, "I thought we were in a casino, homie. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is street Jesus." So you're yeah. claiming you got him then? Nah, though. he's a big man, and like he probably let me win. So when you're in that position, do you? He always says he would have to wrestle down and wait, right? Yeah. So, but that does that matter? What matters at your guys's level? Is it leverage, weight? What is it? Uh, it just depends how good the person is. Okay, let me ask you this. So, there's that one famous wrestler. He went to Arizona State. He is an amputee. He had his one of his oh, legs. Oh yeah, gone. yeah. I've seen that dude. Does that guy have an advantage or a disadvantage in wrestling? I mean, the size thing, though. Like, if it, depending on, like, how good his balance and stuff is, but, like, mm, I don't know. Do you reckon wrestling's as, do you reckon wrestling's as important with size? Size a big thing in wrestling? I, I think that guy had an advantage. Because he's bigger. There's no yeah, he's way, bigger. dude. He's bigger, Come. dude. Weight is at, like, if, if he got on top of me in side control right now, like, it'd be hard for me to get up. But if it was, like, But child, he has one less easier. leg to wrap you up. Yeah, but... He, yeah, yeah. I feel like just size, dude. Like, size is a thing. Like, there's guys in, in our size gym. Size matters. Yeah, big time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and technique. Yeah. My kids do uh, jiu-jitsu, I know, actually. dude. I'm so it. pumped on yeah. that. How's that been? It's really cool. And it's it's fun to watch, you know? Like the, yeah, I've like seen it. They're getting sweet. a cool life lesson out of it, I think. And For sure. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I, I would never want my kids to be fighters, but... Um, when I go and then you know the background that the coach has and stuff like that mm. um, I just like that he has a you know like I feel like my kids are learning something that is that is valuable in the world you know at least if not fighters it teaches you teaches them self-defense and I've yeah, also that's it. I've also heard that it gives the kids really good self-confidence I mean if anything, literally everything that you could think of jiu-jitsu uh, is I think is nothing but positive well I even me it. dude I started at 28 20, 28, 29 and it's like I learn lessons every day mm. and like I, I went through I went through shit like in my gym it's like a hard gym it's a hard environment and you gotta figure out like where you're up on the totem pole and for me I struggle because like I'm around you guys all the time mm. like the top dudes it's like I try to be on a level of like just not treating anybody differently and it's like you walk in there it's like well you do get treated differently because <laughs> like you're getting fucked up so yeah. it's like you've gotta kind of figure out where you sit on that scale but like it, even for me now, like I walk around in just circumstances, I just uh, you feel comfortable, and you also feel like I've been in situations where, uh, like even in the in Auckland last year, a guy come up to me and was like really confrontational, and I was like I I knew I was like if I do anything to that dude, I no matter what I'll look bad because yep. I really know what I'm doing, so it's like I don't even want to go there, mm-hmm. and it just it makes shit feel like so much easier to like 
actually keep Walk a clear away. head in this yeah. situation. And it's like, well, you can't do anything to me. I could do a lot to you, but I don't even want to. So yeah. we're at a stalemate. We're going to walk away. But yeah, it's yeah. so sick to see that your kids That's are into cool. it. So JH could probably take you then. Yeah, we could do it properly. Did you? Yeah, do, I, you I want. We need to line it up. Pay per view. Pay per view. Yeah, straight live stream on the podcast. You and you and Chad can call <laughs> the action. You can no, literally uh, see no, it like you this. already told me we don't do that. It's got to be in studio. Yeah, because you don't do anything via FaceTime or anything. <laughs> it's better, huh, Chad? Like it's better doing. It I I know yeah, that no, it's it I know it's that cool. it's better. I never said that it wasn't better. I'm just like, dude, certain circumstances might call for that. Same pulp, bro. <laughs> well, I'm just telling you, man. Dude, uh, and just off topic, Ben Townley's place was so yeah. It looked. Oh. That, so his good, his adventures look fun. sweet. Huh? Yeah, yeah. That was like I feel like that's the stuff that you know, like, like we to, would like. That's to do why that. I'm sort of dropping this mm-hmm. now because I'm like, hmm, I feel like this could be a thing. And that's one of the things, like going back to what Chad was saying earlier. Like we we get along so good away from racing. We have a lot of common interests. Mm. The rides and the views would be killer, but you know, would be even better is the this, fucking barbecue. Shit. The yeah, barbecues, yeah. not even talking shit. The barbecues, the cocktails yeah. afterwards. That's where like the, you you'll never get those experiences back in life man well dude that's what it was like for us this past week man like sammy come along walty come along bt was there and like even there was four dudes that we didn't know that were on the that like paid to do the tour and like full homies of those guys like there's just and again it's like you've got those common interests like you're super into like if you like motorcycles enough to the point where you'll fly to a different country to ride you're a pretty cool dude. Yeah. Like it's pretty safe to say that that you're gonna get along. So, no, but yeah, I feel cool. I feel like now too. What's cool is like with this stuff existing and the film stuff and like your involvement with Fox. Like you can make this stuff happen now, and it's like this doesn't have to be like you can sort of share it with the world. Like so many people like get a lot of joy out of like seeing that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. I would agree with that for sure. You know, just and and, and more than anything, we enjoy it. So yeah. That's, that's what it's about. It'd be badass. And he's got a good thing going over there, like turnkey. They don't open mm. up their wallets for basically anything. So, uh, you know, they pay for it. And then it's all inclusive from what I understood when he was telling me about it. And that's, dude, that's awesome. They just don't have ice in the esky for your Coke. So he gives, <laughs> he gives you a hot soda. So uh-huh. as long as you're down with that. Details, then, man. Yeah, yeah. No, as long as you're down with that, then you can uh, jump on board. Um, so what are we expecting from this weekend? Because as you can see, we've got the track behind us. And it looks pretty solid. Well, I think it's great. Go ahead, Chad. I mean, I, I what do you think, bud? I only rode a little bit today because I had some, uh, I don't know why, but I had some issues with the bike um, running a little, little strange. But it looks cool. I mean, basically going off of what we already said, it's like when you walk into the stadium, yeah. it just has that feel about it. You know, the dirt looks amazing. Um, and the racetrack you know like if you didn't know you were here in australia i mean just looking out the window here i mean it looks like an american style track so um so like ricky even said like i think you know our bikes the way you're used to riding you know week in and week out it 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 has a that american feel to it yeah no i'm i'm super excited for it do you boys have a favorite race or like a a specific race that sticks out in your head that was like uh like if you guys is gonna do like the <laughs> ultimate bench racing session, like what's the what's the between Reedy and between I? you two? Uh, for me personally, oh, I'm trying to think. I feel like we're gonna have well, very different races here. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's like a, it's gonna be probably cool. my worst race will be his best. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I'm saying like going back and forth. Yeah. 
like there's a lot of great races but i uh, so i'm trying to think of battles that we had where there was a lot of this yeah uh, Dallas 03. There was one. Yeah, Dallas is probably my favorite race. Dallas 03, dude. And no cheap shots were pulled, and we're at the pinnacle of the sport. And Great the, racing. Um, there and was like super I know he's going to say this. Atlanta, like too. we go back and forth, you know. Uh, but like Daytona, when he kicked my ass, and I, dude. And yeah, Daytona is my place. So I was pissed off when I lost <laughs> that one. Not necessarily at him, because I knew he was going to be good. But I was pissed at myself. Yeah. And like, dude, he just he. I've watched my ass. that race a couple of times, you know, just by yeah. passing through or whatever. And what I love about that race is, like, dude, we, I mean, the two of us, you can just see, you know, like just throwing down and going for it, you know. In and the that, zone. that's, I, I just, rem- and I obviously I won, so it was a great race for me. But just before him crashing, it was like just just asking everything you know mm. and finding trying to find more trying to find more and then you know they he had tur- me on you had me on the limit though like you you were he was so in the zone that night and it was everything i could do just to keep up with him yeah like you, you have there's a few races in your life that you know like everything clicks and that was that was my night you know like i remember you know as as much as you're on the limit it was easy you know, mm. like it, like the bike just was amazing. Like everything, you know, and that I think that makes the biggest difference because individually, I think the rider level, you know, you're, you're equal. So it's like one minute, your bike is working, and I struggled a lot that year with that bike, um, and I probably would have thought that it'd be not as good in those conditions. But for some reason, whenever the track was kind of nasty and and like wet, muddy, or just rough, it was better. And I didn't really see that coming. Yeah. Um, there's one race that I really remember. I think it was 03. You had to refresh my mind. Cause 03 I Houston. We both, I think he fell. I did not fall, but got caught up in the crash. And we were kind of like two bike lengths apart coming through the field. And I just remember it was one of those nights we, we didn't race. We never had like we never got close enough. to. I won. But it was like I just remember it was like it was all I had. And he was coming like so if I balked or wasn't yeah. wasn't able to pass somebody right away. You could hear the noise, you know, like you can hear him getting closer. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit, he's died. You know, like, and it was just. And you were just on the razor. You edge just felt it. like you're on the razor edge and you, you just like you're just going for it. It was know? so like one thing that blows my mind about Chad, even to this day. And dude, I know he's sat out, but Chad is one of those dudes where if he gets a good start, he is really good at learning the pace. And the thing that was so hard, the reason it was so hard to beat Chad is because his 100% was just good enough to like have to force me to ride over my my comfort zone and have to hang it out because I know he wasn't willing to do that him and MC were very similar so I knew all I got to do is just hang it out for a little bit and get a little gap and I'll be okay but dude every time I did that he was able to like learn the pace learn the pace there there isn't a guy in the sport that is better at that than, than this dude right here. No, yeah, and I don't know what that no is. Way. It's just... You can't teach that. Like, I would be, like, generally, like, like zero sandbagging, just really struggling, and then find yourself, okay, I got, you know, like, they whole shot your second, and it's like, okay, I have to figure out how to go that fast 
or I'm going to get blown out the back. And you just like, you know, and sometimes, and a couple of times I did it from even leading, you know, like where Stu or, or Ricky would do a jump or, you know, be picking up in areas. And for some reason I could feel that I'm kind of like, you know, cause in your mind, you know what you're supposed to do on the racetrack. And if you're mm. not doing it, it's kind of like it's playing on your mind, you know, or at least for me it was. So I'm like, okay, I know I have to be better there. And then it's kind of like you basically pick up what they're already doing. And then suddenly now you're, you're, you're at the level. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. They ain't I'm a like, better guy in the business than that. No, no way. Yeah. And what was I the mean, maybe now, like, but I don't, I don't race. Now. I was yeah. better when there was something on the line. Like, I don't know why I just hanging it out in a heat race or, or, you know, in qu- time qualifying, like I just see zero yeah. time qualifying in our day was not the, it, it wasn't because I mean, we, was, we actually used to qualify from points. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. so basically practice was practice yeah. and it was just a, I always called it the dick stretching competition really. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Oh, what he, what he turned, what I turned. Yeah. But, yeah. but there was stuff on the line for, uh, heat races, you know, because that, that determined your gate pick for the yeah. main event. At least it was for me. Yeah. You know, like, well that was, and then I would say that it was always that inner race because for, you know, for the longest time it was just him and I pre James coming in. And, you know, like either he was leading or I was leading the title. So we, we were never going to be in the same heat race. Yeah. Where, where today, the way the system works is, you know, the two could or be the stacked. shit it could be literally the top five in the championship. Yeah. The way it falls yeah. in practice can be in the same heat race. Yeah. So it's like a main event where for us, it was always about literally racing the clock. Like you talk about, oh, I'm just racing the clock. Like, no, we were racing the clock. It was <laughs> six minutes and 31 seconds and a half or something. And it's like it was that tight and it was that that tight and it was just like you know in 03 he was obviously winning the championship so I was first heat race I got the better racetrack you know before it got beat down and I remember just throwing down you know and it's like you, you sometimes it, you would be within a second you know and what there was six, lap, yeah, eight lap six races. laps yeah yeah yeah, that's hectic, dude. Yeah, well, yeah. I think we got to get the next All boys right. on. But um, get thanks, the kids for, thanks for having us. Yeah, no, I appreciate you um, coming on, bro, and same with you, Chad. And I'd love to do this as like a the full three hours with some well, beers. Well, you could do it. All it takes is a little FaceTime, brother. Yeah. No, you never seem to uh, pick up my number. That's oh. all. No, no. I, I'm, I'm right here. I told you. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> we got to do it in the studio. I'm telling you. That would be fun. We got to do it. Love but thanks do it. for having us. Yeah, fun. no, I appreciate it. it. Yeah, it's been it's been really fun hanging the last two weeks. I've yeah, yeah. fucking legitimately missed you. So that's been cool. Ditto. You got to get back to the states, man. Let's get it going. All thanks, right. boys. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that mic sounds fucking so much better. That sucks. Yeah, give it a mic check, bro. Um, all right, so uh-huh. try and talk into these if you can, boys. I got uh, Jet Lawrence and Joey Savachi, the uh, Versace Savachi is in the building, yeah, son. Um, it's your first podcast, eh? Yeah. First, first podcast, time. first race. Do you listen to any podcasts? Um, no, not really. Why not? What do you listen to? I don't know. What's it's like YouTube I do, and shit? I'm doing stuff. Yeah, but like, what about in like the I drive got, to the track, flights? You just drove 14 hours here, flew 14 hours here. Dude, I watch movies about donuts or something like that. Is that your thing? I, I just look at my next donut that I'm going to eat. Where, where did the donut thing come from? I just want a donut, really, on podium. Just like After, at all times? Yeah, because the, the, normally on Fridays, there's this one guy who uh, always bring it in at the factory, and um, he left the team, went and did some, went to go do something else, like with aircrafts, I'm pretty sure. And um, yeah, then... He's like no one really bring it in so I made a deal with the team if I win Monster Cup you better bring me a donut I didn't really think about much of like the 
social media artists yeah, yeah. Donut, really and then since then everyone's just been tagging me in donuts like Krispy Kremes or Dunkin Donuts and all of them so yeah I just there's a worse thing that you could be tagged in like if you've got to have like a thing there's like a worse thing what's, what's your thing Joey Worst thing? No, you, what's your thing? Oh, I don't your know, Your Amish man. beard was kind of the thing yeah, for a the while. Yeah, the Amish beard was a thing for a while, but... I'm kind of glad that's going, if I'm honest. Yeah, no, a lot of people are. <laughs> no, I get it, though. Hey, yeah. I, I get it. Well, I get see, it. it got to the point where I only did it because people didn't like it. That's what I'm saying. It was yeah, like, I get people why you can, I get complained why you so much, it. I was like, I'm just going to keep it. And yeah. Like, as soon as they kind of stopped talking about it, dude, I want to get rid of it. Yeah, the fun was over. Yeah, but it was like, I was just so annoyed. I was like, I'm going to do it just because it pisses people off. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have a thing though. Like, uh, I have, a, I have a kid now, so like. Do you have a kid? Yeah. Since when? She's three and a half months, man. What? Yeah. Fuck, dude, I didn't know that. Yeah, man. Glad to see you've been keeping up with me. I mean, that's <laughs> just a, that's my that's sorry, bro. Yeah, I don't nah, keep nah, up with that. Man. I don't keep up with that many people. No, no, no. I just that's, remember, that's I just, just like a stalking creep. Uh, bit of, a little bit of a stalker though. If you. <laughs> yeah, if you're like that deep. Uh, how, to be fair though. Do you post that shit much? Yeah, okay. all the time. But see, you don't follow me. I do, actually. I'm pretty sure really? I do. Wait, let say, me just check. Let me say, check. Because to be fair, I, I don't follow you, so yeah, you, don't you don't follow, follow me. me. So I was like, oh, maybe he just doesn't know. But Hang if on. you follow me and you still just low-key like pass over that dude. Nah, I'm not following you. Yeah, but I didn't think you are following me. Right. Oh, dude, look at your kid right there. Bam. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm following <laughs> you now. Yo, I better get that follow back, bro. <laughs> I, I, I just, I'm just a professional. I can't get my phone right now. Dude, I just remember. <laughs> I remember the Joey Savachi first day, JDR Motorsports, walking in. We've, been, we've, we've, we've seen some shit, bro. We've seen some shit. It's been I was a minute, that, dude. I was that day one homie, you know? I was just talking with Renee last weekend about it. Like, it's, it's We've gone through some things. It's crazy, It's been huh? a minute, too. Like, it's like gone a long fast. Time. Yeah. What year was that? 12, right? Or 13? 13. Yeah. Yeah, because you, like, it's crazy that that was your your start and that, then yeah, you really went on but you struggled to get a ride then really yeah, like no, that like, was like a the last only reason deal, i got bro. that ride is because vince the crew chief really yeah. made a push like um at least from what i've been told from him well, and nate, other people nate saw a lot in you as well because yeah. I, I i mean i was there for all of it obviously and i remember nate saying that he could like really do something like with you and the way yeah. you rode and stuff so it was yeah. that and then you proved everyone right for sure yeah well i mean it was one of those deals like obviously we didn't we didn't get to finish out the year but um you know i think the biggest thing was we showed like there was moments where people were like oh that was like he's he could be decent you know yeah. like and and that's really what people look for is you gotta if you have that that's that's something that i see too many people that don't take advantage of the opportunities given like if you get an opportunity like you have to make that shit happen yeah. like i don't care what you have to do if someone is giving you an opportunity, you have to do something to prove or show them like, hey, did you saw what he did, like, or mm. how, how he looks, like he can do it. And that's just, you know, like given that opportunity with JDR was like, hey, I, I was very clear with myself and my dad was very hard on me about it. Like, you know, like you, you don't get too many opportunities at this. So you don't want to take this chance and not take it serious. And, you know, later on, down the road regret not giving you know not not making the impression that you wanted to make so like that's just something that that i've done since the beginning and i think along the way we've proved a lot of people or i shouldn't say we've proved anything but i think we've shown a lot of we've shown a lot more than people probably thought that i was gonna do what when you look back at it now like as a dude with a, a kid and you're in the 450 class now like and then because jet i mean jet's like literally in your position yeah probably a bit differently because he got a ride like from the sort of amateur deal but it's like when you look back what are the lessons that you learned through that period it's honestly it was tough that's tough um i think the biggest thing that i've learned along the way is dude is people are going to criticize you 
someone I can't remember where I saw this, but they were talking about peaches, right? Like the fruit, and they said, no matter how juicy of a peach you are, there's gonna be people out there that don't like you because they just don't like peaches, you know. Mm. So like, you can't make everyone happy, and if you try to live that that style of pleasing everyone, you know, you're miserable. So I think honestly, along the way, where I got lost and like where I've made the mistakes is just not being who I want to be. Mm. That's because with that comes a lot of criticism, you know, and especially if you're not performing, if you're performing, you could do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. You know, like you could do anything and people aren't going to say anything, but if you aren't performing and you're still enjoying yourself and being you, you catch a lot of slack because, Oh, look, he's, he's out eating fast food or whatever it is, you know, like, Oh, he's not taking it serious. And in reality, like they don't know what you do behind the scenes. They don't know how much you bust, bust your butt and, and do your work. They just see what they see at that time. So I think like along the way and where I really saw like a lot of negativity come in is I just got too concerned with other people's opinions and stopped doing what I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, like that's something that I've tried to, to do this last year or so is kind of make an effort back and just kind of do whatever I want. And like, I don't really care what people think and the people that like it and, and enjoy being a fan of mine and are on team 17 are going to be there. And that's whether I'm winning or not winning. And that's just something that has really stood out. There's been a lot of people lately that have been like, Hey, like kind of didn't lose faith, but we went through a rough patch, but like, I'm glad to see that you're kind of coming back to, to normal. And they, and they always compare it to vine, dude. I was very active on vine. Like I loved Vine, dude. Really? Yeah. And like I saw, so there's a bunch of videos out there that I don't think they're out there anymore because the app's gone. But like I was. R.I.P. Vine. Yeah. Like <laughs> rip, dude. It's gone. But there was so many people that hey, like. Hey, we got TikTok down, son. Yeah. It's I, early I days, refuse, bro. dude. Their, yeah, no, their advertising is terrible. No, that's for like my generation, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's cool. Like when you look at a guy like Joey, because like you would have, he would have been when he went pro. You would have still been like pretty young, like yeah. looking at like the first dudes going pro. So like. I don't know. How do you feel as a kid that literally it's your first professional race? Like, have you got even got these thoughts in your head of like, this is the person I want to be, or I'm going to be myself? Or are you looking when you're in these pits and you're at these races, are you looking at these other guys like, damn, how should I act now that I'm a professional? Um, I don't really think about it much. I just kind of, whatever, like, yeah, God has for me, whatever plan he has, I just hope it's good. And I'm just probably going to go with it mm. kind of thing. I don't really look at anyone else. So, like I have to act like this at all. I kind of, I want to be myself. I don't want to be there going, I want to act like Eli Tomac, or I want to act like, I don't know, Ryan Villapoto. Mm. Like, I just want to, people will like a personality, I think, nowadays. And most of the time, I think a lot of people are so serious in the sport that they just kind of, they go to their job more of a thing. It's like, it's more called a job where for me, it's like, yeah, for fun, like not for fun, it's just still fun for me. So like for this, I, I'm more excited than nervous yeah. kind of thing. I don't really get nervous at all. It's just more, it's more excitement, I think. And looking at other guys, yeah, there's some guys out there that take like a, going really, really serious. But like, I think with me, when I try and overthink things, I just stuff it up. Like yeah. I kind of over, think my brain a little bit and just start messing stuff up so i just kind of keep it uh manly fun dude i think honestly like a lot of what he just said is dude ombre's got it dialed like you really real. people might mm. give him a lot of crap and that you know they might oh blah, blah this that you know he doesn't take it serious but that dude has like he has got it dialed Living he's got a crew <laughs> that that follows him you know and he can be 
whoever he wants. Like he can, like he be, can himself, be himself around those people, and, and he can be himself. And people have gotten to the point where like, hey, like we're good with that, you yeah. know. And like people who don't like it, just don't don't mess with it. But he's built something that you watch how many more people will will start to venture down that alley and kind of just yeah. do their own thing and make their own deal because dude the dude goes where where he wants they film and they have a great time and he doesn't have to be a robot yeah you yeah. know like well did that burn you out as a kid like you grew up in the thick of the dungeon era like did it burn you out watching him be like boring in a sense like or did you think guys like that they're like they're too serious it's kind of boring now did you ever have those thoughts and then you look at a guy like ando and you're like damn i could actually be more like him or dino well that's one thing I, like when i like for example um like after someone wins like a, a main event like in america and they do the speech after everyone goes for like the same oh, oh i got off to a good start i yeah. did good laps i did fist pump on jump like yeah and now i gotta thank this assist when like that's why um for yeah like that's why so many people like travis travis is all over the place yeah He's talking about this you see me do this sketchy moment that's like kind of why everyone loves him so much because exciting where like some guys in the tooth class and 450 when they go do their speech it's like just straight face yeah. it's like but it's probably because of what joey said of like where if you do mm. have a personality and then you have one bad race then it's just like this guy sucks now hey, yeah he's not taking it serious and it, like i said dude it's it sucks because it's we're under the spotlight and i wouldn't change it for the world don't get me wrong i love where i'm at but like I said, dude, you could have literally just had the hardest four months of your life, dude, not cut a single corner, done everything right, and got, let's say you go to In-N-Out, dude, right? Like, let's say you want a burger, like, you have, you, this is your first cheat meal in four months. You show up to In-N-Out, and people see you there, and then, God forbid, you go to A1 and you don't perform, they're gonna be like, oh, dude, I saw him In-N-Out, he's not taking it serious. Yeah. But they don't even know that the last four months, you just busted your ass, right? All they saw was you at In-N-Out. Yeah. Mm. And then they saw you at Anaheim, and you didn't do well, and they're just like oh those two go together like they, he's just not trying i had a donut like a few days before monster cup i didn't post it on instagram but i had a donut like to for me like for how young i am i just don't really kind of i don't not saying i don't give a crap but yeah, like i wouldn't worry about it i just yeah. don't worry about it. I'm, I'm at such a young age i just still need to live my life so like i just kind of block it out and yeah just Obviously, fans are a big thing in like mo like this sport, and like we need them. But like sometimes I just don't really listen to them because they'll be either bagging there. So we say. Well, and they've never done what you've done. Yeah, and so they, it's like, how would you even know what it sort of takes to get yeah. here? Yeah, and and they don't really know the facts about like yeah how Joe is saying the hard work that we put behind the scenes. Like there's blood, sweat, and tears put into this sport that we do, but all they see is us at the race doing mm. like racing and then us yeah winning with a smile on our face getting a trophy they don't really see the behind mm. of the scene kind of thing um joey with the this year's kind of it's like kind of crazy for you you got like a good ride with joe joe gibbs but it almost feels like it's another proving year after you were like the best rookie and it's like how how much shit have you got to do do you think to actually prove yourself to be like hey i kind of deserve a job and i kind of deserve to be paid like is it because i mean you've got it there's got to be like a party that's just like dude what the fuck would i have to do to actually uh, get yeah. a ride no 100 percent. honestly like and i just got off saying i don't care and this might sound cocky but i've proved enough like i dude i don't care what anyone says i don't need to prove anything else i've shown week in and week out i can qualify top five i can win heat races i can i can put myself in good positions you know like it's tough when you go year to year to year on a contract you know like 
not saying that that changes anything, but dude, you sign a three-year contract, you're like, I'm good. Like, I'm going to be on this bike yeah. for a fact for three years. Whereas when you go from year to year, you're like, you know, like the mindset doesn't change, but at the same time, in the back of your mind, you're like, all right, I'm making this bike better. Hopefully I'm going to be here next year. And if I'm not, then, you know, a lot of this work is, is for nothing. Um, and, and the situation I'm in now is, is, is unique. Um, but man, I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, like people, they love to bring up like the whole Osborne Vegas thing, but honestly, like, dude, I love being put in positions where you have to perform, you know, like the year I lost to Cooper by one point, I, a lot of that was out of my hands, you know, like I felt like I, I got moved over on in the whoops pretty hard, but dude, I showed up to Vegas and I knew I had to win and I was fastest qualifier. I won the heat race and I won the main event. I did everything I could do. Mm. And I just came up a point short, you know, and then the year I led outdoor, I got sick and, you know, people, I, I just don't go blast everything on social media, but dude, I got really sick into the point like where I couldn't even race. Like I couldn't, I couldn't physically make the motos. So like, dude, I love being put in a corner. Mm. I love that. You know, like the Vegas thing was, was a lack of, of mental awareness and miscommunication. And that's all it came down to. Like, had there been a little bit better communication and had I not been so caught up in the moment, dude, we would have no problem. We'd have walked away with that. Mm. But just the, the way everything unfolded, it just, it didn't work out. And people think that it's, it's a head case thing. And dude, like, I'm sorry, but put me in a corner. I love being, I love that position. I love mm. that you have to succeed or else. Like, there's just something about that, that deal that I love. And I've been like that my whole life. Like I didn't used to be a jumper. And like, I remember being on a 60 in California riding and there was this jump that I'd never done. And I literally, I, the first lap I came around and, and I came around for the second lap and I said, if I don't do this, like I, I told myself my mom's going to die. And like, that was like the mentality I put myself in. Like, I have to fucking do this. And I came around and I did it. And like, that's so for me, like I, I there's something about that being in that position of like, you have to do this. I love, so being on another year contract and being on a bike that no one thinks is capable of winning, I, bring it on dude like that makes me excited that gives me a challenge and it gives me a reason to to get up in the morning you know not that i don't already have one but that just gives me one more reason to chalk up on the board to shut some people up mm. when you um when you look at jet and hunter like could you imagine doing what you do with like your little brother or something like what do you watch because that that to me is like one of the coolest things in the sport right now is that like you and your brother are gonna like go through racing together together mm-hmm. and it's like you're on the same team now, but that might not be the case. You might be fighting for championships. Like, I think it's such a cool storyline. And I, I think like, could you imagine doing that shit? I think it would, there's like, it's, it's double-sided because I think it would be cool. But at the same time, it's like that, that brotherly mm. hit bump heads. Yeah. And obviously dude, it's like that with a team in general. I couldn't imagine having a brother, but you never want to be the, the worst of the two. Right. Yeah. So like, yeah. I remember Adam and I, since we're we, every, every weekend, you know, like we always joked around, but like, deep down we both wanted to beat each other because we didn't want to be the slowest guy we didn't want to place the lowest on the team yeah you know so being on a team with your own brother dude every weekend i show up i'd be like i'm not being the slower one of the two you know like mm. so i think it adds i think it's cool and it, it adds but there's that, like positives yeah. but negatives yeah, so exactly. like what are the positives for you to have in your brother i think obviously because um hunter and i are both like totally different people like for example like with hitting a jump I think about consequences after. Yeah. I'll just go and yeah, yeah. I'll just go and yeah, send the thing. I don't care what happens after. I'll just hit it where Hunter's like does twenty runs. He's more calculated in that stuff. So that's like that's kind just because he's older though. Yeah. You'll, the first you'll child kind yeah. of thing. 
But well, um, yeah, I think that's but that's the same for like me and my brother because I'm like the oldest, and my brother's like seems like he's more naturally talented. But I could tell you more about like technically what yeah. to do, yeah. you know, like more of like the upstairs sort of shit. Yeah, that's that's same with uh, Hunt. Hunter's very he knows like with the clickers and that stuff with suspension, and he's really good with that. Where I'm like most of the time I'm riding with bent bars. And I don't even realize yeah. I go go on crash and the bars will be straight. I'm like, oh, can you straighten up my bars? And most of the time my, my mechanics like they are straight. I'm like, oh, okay. But um, where he's more like fastidious he wants everything to be perfect yeah. like exactly and that stuff so and most of the time it's pretty good because hunter will do something better and then dad will come whack me over the head and go look look at hunter, what look what he's doing kind of thing and then we can pick off each other like where i'll go and hit this jump or i'll do this line and dad's like yeah hunter, how yeah. Can we pick, yeah pick up that you dumbass brother picked it up and you didn't like so <laughs> it's good with that but then also with racing it's like you want to beat the old like for me, I want to beat him because I've always been the slow one because I've been the youngest son, younger. so uh, youngest brother, sorry. So I've always been slower. And now that I'm closer now to him, it's kind of like he's not used to it. And I think the first time he was, um, that was actually the same speed and was in Europe at a sand track and he was losing his crap. Yeah, so then you like remember the time where you were like, hey, bro, what yeah, up? He didn't, he didn't <laughs> want to talk to me. He was pissed like obviously the bike wasn't that good but i was like saying speedism and that stuff on the track like lap time and he hated it he was pissed i was trying to talk to him after and he's like telling me to go like f off and that's, like, <laughs> that's he wasn't so happy sick. i'm like oh okay and but like dad kind of my dad's pretty good because like it was gonna happen like eventually because yeah. i've obviously followed him and his path so like whatever went wrong with him it was good for me. Yeah, they fixed. So I've been pretty lucky, like, with suspension, or if this didn't work, like, say, the forks were way too soft and, like, a setting was bad, Hunter ate crap. Like, it sucks yeah, for you him. You get the good setting. But we get, like, okay, don't do that. Yeah. I kind of get that bit of, uh, bit of that. So, like, that's one good thing about being the younger one, where it's, but it's also sucks for Hunter because he's older because he has to go through the harder thing. And I got, obviously, more of the talent where Hunter's more of the hard working, where, like, I haven't really trained well not trained like took it serious until like this year really two years ago kind of thing where we had like where I had to train where the talent was kind of like not there yeah but um yeah but I don't, I don't know how much of that testing or that stuff if it's like because you were younger I think it's more just because he was faster but yeah. when, that, when yeah. that tide changes and if he becomes faster he's going to be the one that's got to go through testing yeah and, it's gonna and getting it's the, gonna flip. yeah it's gonna flip but and it's just that's the balance you know mm -hmm. like well and the thing is too is that like there's not there's like a level it's yeah. like even you know you two guys it's like you're both riding at like the top level of the speed in the mm -hmm. world it's like there's really you're gonna get to it's where it's like, like tense you know tense, yeah. yeah so i mean it's like it's not that you know you're gonna be faster or whatever yeah. it's like there's just a level Who's and once you get there on yeah yeah kind of thing like that's what supercross is nowadays like in Supercross, who's cause everyone's so close? It's like who's the who's feeling the best that night, or yeah. who's feeling the worst, or that stuff. So like that's probably what's going to come down to with Hunter and I. Hopefully, we're the same speed, or we'll just obviously see how it is. Yeah. So what's your how much Supercross experience race wise have you had? Did you do Monster Cup this year? I did Monster Cup. Yeah. But that's it. Oh yeah, because that's where you were on the fucking podium. For yeah. It. yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of it. So like that's the only Supercross I've really done. Really, I haven't probably like proper Supercross training. That stuff. This has been like my first year, kind of. 
or like the last 11 months, uh, 11 weeks I've been racing, uh, training, sorry, Supercross, that's probably like the first few times yeah. I've trained for Supercross, really. Could you imagine doing this like at his age with like this little experience? And, but, and, and like and, to have this much hype though Well, that's too. what's weird is like, dude, for me, I guess it's different for everyone, but like I was on a full Supercross track when I was on an 80. Yeah. You know, but we had, we had the US Open. So like we still had to get ready for for things on an 80, you know? Yeah. So yeah. like, yeah, it was different. I mean, I was 15 on an 80. So, you know, like it's, I was on a Supercross track from a really, really young age. Um, but like, I mean, yeah, I don't, it's so weird. I guess being, I feel old now to a lot of the kids because yeah. the kids coming up now are, what, were you, what year were you born? 2003. Like, dude, Jesus, dude. Dude, like Chad and Ricky were just talking about their battle from that dude, race. I know. From it, that year. It's, like, it's crazy, dude. And, and for mm. me, like, I was born in 94 and people were like, oh, dude, you're so young. And then I hear these kids born in the thousands, 2000s, and I'm like, bro. So, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, being 16 and going pro is like, it's, I didn't go pro at 16 because I would just, but that's, I personally didn't feel like I was ready, but I wasn't in the situation he's in. Yeah. Or the position. I've done also. like a, a lot more than, other 16 like kids out of my generation has, has done so far like i was racing a 250 at age 14 in deep sand and in, in at long and that stuff first thing 31 year olds yeah from 31 to like 18 basically to 17 so like i was kind of already ahead of like most kids my age like most kids when i was in europe racing 250 they were, they were still on uh 85 some were still on 65s yeah and like over here but and like how he's saying like he was doing full-on supercross when um he was on 85 super mini well but like for in australia for us supercross back then wasn't as big they didn't really have any amateur stuff for us yeah and in europe for amateurs supercross not really even a thing yeah them. so i didn't really get to do much of that it's only like this year that i've kind of started doing supercross that's why i kind of i've Obviously, we've had um, Johnny O'Mara to help me, which he was a big help. Obviously, his experience with training with Joey, Ricky, um, James, and that stuff. So he knows what I need to do in that stuff. So if having him was a big thing for these last uh, past yeah. 11 weeks. So uh, yet, like, in the spring. Well, it makes sense. Like, it, it's sort of, it's like, you remember how Chad did it? So Chad went to Europe super young, which is what you did. Yeah. Done a bunch of races in the world championship and then goes to America. And like by 19, he was on a 252 stroke battling Ricky yeah. Carmichael for a championship. But it's like since then, like Chad was a bit of an outlier. Since then, the normal thing is to like go through the the amateur ranks in America. But like now, like you and your brother are kind of like the first kids that have sort of done the Chad Reed thing. And it's and cool that, that you're doing it from Australia yeah, too. In my opinion, that's the way to go. Like, you know, like yeah, he is 16, but he's also he's put himself in a lot of situations, and he's gotten a lot of experience for for someone who an average 16 year old would never get, and for for people like my age who have never been over there and done that stuff, he's got a lot of experience that will benefit him in the long run. It might not benefit him right away, and it might, but the experience is what's going to help him progress a lot faster than kids his age yeah if they were in if they were in his situation yeah so are you gonna go pro for east or west coast this year um i'm going west because the team i'm 80 percent sure i'm going west the team was pretty happy with my progress the last 11 weeks so they were like that they 
yeah, they don't want to make me wait yeah. until halfway through February. I'll just be kicking myself just wanting to race so bad. They're so like, why not? Obviously doing this will get a bit of... More experience, yeah. Yeah, more racing for me is better. So at least get my first pro race kind of out and done it. Like, yeah, done now the way. So then Anaheim's not going to be as kind of stressful at all. Mm. So, yeah, I'll be doing, uh, yeah, West Coast because the team thinks I'm ready. I'm feeling pretty ready, I think. I'll probably have to do a few, tweak a few more things. There's always more that, like, I can always improve more. Mm. So, uh, yeah, we'll do we'll be doing um, West Coast, I think, with J-Mart. Um, I'm not yeah, sure who it. else. Dude, can you can you imagine me and like his like what he's about to do like it's fucking gnarly right? Tell you, dude, like I said, I, I know at sixteen I wasn't ready, and that's just and a lot of too like dude we're not sheltered but we're so like programmed over here or no, over here in the states like yeah. we don't really get a lot of of the same experience mm-hmm. you know we get experience in a different way and so I think if I, if he was going pro at sixteen only being in the states. I would say it's it's gonna be a lot, but having the experience of riding the same tracks that you know the GP guys do and and putting himself in those positions, I think like it's gonna it's gonna be a lot, you know. Like no matter what you do, you'll be nervous. And you'll be nervous every year from now until you retire day one. Yeah. That's how it goes, you know. But mm. I think it will just be a little less on the mind because he's been in those situations where there's a lot going on. It's new, and he's kind of culture shocked himself mm. enough to where it'll be another new thing and but it's be fairly nervous, normal though. but it's like hey I've, I've done stuff before that i've that i don't know or i'm not familiar with yeah and yeah. i know it's just i think that'll help plus so, i have like the mentality of just like it's just another race it's got a turn it's got jumps it's got to start so like i have the mentality of that just go yep it's another race it's a prep track with uh, some fast riders so just go out do your best and you'll just kind of see what happens so like it's not too like i'm not too mentally like yeah yeah you're just cruising with it yeah yeah just going with the flow did you have that attitude when you were like when you first went to a1 or was it like do you remember being like a super big deal Uh, i guess it's easy for him to say it now because he hasn't gone there yet it was was a big deal but at the same time it was like no one expected me to do anything you know so like i just showed up and was like hey i'm i know where i would like to be and you know obviously there was pressure but the only pressure there was was for me you know yeah. like everyone else around the team everyone was like hey like this is just learning like let's get through the night let's let's make the main event like let's get get the laps under our belt and like let's move forward and and for me like obviously i was like yeah for sure and then as soon as you go out there you're like all right i want more yeah, and that, and that's, yeah. Just, that's the competitor you know so like as easy as it is to sit here and be like oh well I don't have I don't have goals, you know. Like I just want to go out there, get a good start, and ride my race. Like as soon as you go out for first practice, yeah, and race you, like race. I say, you went out first practice, you were eighth. You're like, bro, I want to be sixth, or, or I want to be fifth. And then you go out for the next practice, and then let's say you move up to seventh or sixth. You're like, all right, well, I, I could be at fourth if I would have cleaned up this. Yeah. You know? So then, like by the time That's you go on the night, you're like, dude, I, I could be like top five. You know, like get a good start. I could I could battle for a podium. So like, it very quickly changes. So like, have the mentality. What mentality you're going to have most likely is just like get the get the the whole night under my belt get a good start and put myself in a good spot and then how quickly that changes it, it goes fast but it's just you got to have that attitude of just like hey i don't have expectations i want to do well i kind of know what i can do get a good start and and that's where it is but it's it's hard to keep it's hard to execute that well what what happened with you in auckland you just, dude so you I didn't show up 
No. On much of the TV time. No. I had a big one in practice. Like, really big. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, honestly, I was lucky I didn't get hurt. Really? That big? Where was it? So, you know, after the triple? Yeah. How we make that right, how we were going over, and then three, three. Well, I went over, and as I was getting ready to hit the three, there was someone on the landing of it, kind of towards the right. So, like, as I took off three in, in the middle of the air, the he was on a slow lap, and he kind of like didn't know where to go so like he decided to go left so like i in the air i oh. aimed right and when i landed i had to move lines and i moved lines up the face and caught a hole dude and i endoed off that thing and endoed off the berm into the camera wow it was like honestly like i said i'm i was lucky i didn't get hurt and then uh so that just sets the tone there at dude, that point you know it was tough and then uh terrible starts i've chose the worst gate i think on the whole on the whole grid and you can't move gates yeah it's so frustrating so like I dropped the clutch, dude, and I just tire lit up. I was last, and then I landed on some dude. He like, and that in the the on off before the triple, he went inside. I went outside. I went to go on, and he just went left, landed right on top of him. And then my rotor was bent, so the middle of the second main, I think I was running like fifth or something, and I started to lose my back brake. And then I went in the corner for the for the final main, in the first turn, and my brake was gone. I went all the way to the ground. I was like, well, I'm out. Like, I'm not riding without a back brake. Yeah. Especially, I mean, obviously, if I was at home in a championship situation, you'll figure it out. Yeah. But for me, like, there was nothing for me, you know, like. Yeah, like. Nothing on the line reward. for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm out. You know, I finished that half a lap and pull off, and I'm like, yeah, we're out. Like, we're gone. So, we, yeah, honestly, like I said, really lucky to even race. But looking forward to this weekend because there is, like I said, it's a fun race, but there's, like, that part of me inside that really needs some redemption and there's some good dudes here man like yeah. this is a this is a good way to like figure out where you stuck up coming yeah. to a1 yeah right? and dude every year like these guys over here pick it up you know brayden's done a lot for them and like they all just continue continuously get better and better mm. and you know like i think maybe quite a few years ago like it was one of those deals where you probably could have shown up like like brayden said today in the press conference he rode two days on the honda showed up and won the first three rounds but yeah. you can't do that now like you're not gonna be able to show up on. Well, a he's bike. not even leading the championship right now. Exactly, you can't do that now. You can't show up and just expect to to beat these guys because they've upped their game so far that it's not like yeah, it's an overseas and it's an off race, but like it's you got to bring you still got to bring your A game. You yeah. know, like there's a lot of good dudes. And so, Jad, what do you think for tomorrow night, bro? You're looking back at this track, you got a bit saucy out in the press day there. You were doing the big section that was on offer. Mm. What are you thinking, bro? I'm uh, you gonna smoke these fools first first lap out or what? I don't know. We'll obviously just see. Um, just claim it, bro. Just claim <laughs> it. I would like to say yeah, but I would. I haven't really raced any of these guys before, so I don't. Isn't really that crazy? You're from here, bro. Like yeah. you were born here and you haven't raced like any of these dudes. The last person that that like I know that I raced before was probably Regan Duffy when I was on 65s. No that was shit. Like ages ago. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. So I remember like, you on a 50 at Coolum. And then it's like the local. Yeah, then they're gone. It's like the kid's fast as fuck. And then it's like, all right, see ya. Yeah. Adios. Gone. <laughs> crazy though. I mean, you guys have done it right. Like no one can really mm-hmm. argue to it. Like such a crazy risk that your parents took to like yeah. peace out like so early and I guess like bet everything on you guys. Well, I think well obviously when you're younger you pick up things a lot quicker. So like I think we couldn't have done it at a better time, especially mm. for for me. Yeah. I've been, I think I was 12 or 13 and um, being that young, I picked up so much, so many things that I think I wouldn't have picked up when I was in Australia yeah, or even America. Because you got really. forced to adapt to stuff. Yeah. Like there was no like kind of cheating your way through. There was like, 
it was sand and there's like it obviously having a fast bike would have helped but like you still had to have like you still had to know how to ride the sand yeah, there because yeah. it was it was gnarly it like took a good few months for us to actually ride it and go kind of call yourself okay i'm decent yeah at sand. like especially looking at jeffrey jeffrey is just if you try and compare yourself to him you're like you know i'm really halfway to yeah being at his level in the sand but like it's it's definitely gnarly in in europe and that stuff and being how young i was then i think it was i was very lucky to pick it up how how fast i picked it up really yeah yeah all right boys well i appreciate it good luck tomorrow night joey i'm hoping i see a little bit more out on the track than uh, new zealand Oof. So, were you in, um, yeah you were there, yeah, I was there yeah it wasn't good no yeah i didn't even, i was like was fucking joey racing or hey, who is this guy is he just vlogging now is he a vlogger <laughs> is that all that's happening full-time vlogger bro uh all right well yeah i appreciate it boys yeah, it was really you. cool cheers. cheers thank you no dramas all right, we kind of got cut off with time there at the end, um, but I really appreciate all of the boys for coming in uh, and taking time out of their very busy schedule. Um, and once again, a huge shout out to the guys at AME Management and in particular Gus um, for the work that he did to make this podcast happen. And again, thank you to all of our sponsors. It really helps the show um, if you guys are able to support our sponsors, um, send us a message, let us know your experience. Uh, and uh, yeah, we really appreciate that for sure goes a long way. So uh, thanks very much. Stay tuned for more content coming out of this fantastic event that is on here at Marvel Stadium for the last round of Supercross. Crown and champion this weekend in both classes, and I'm pumped. Thank you very much for listening.